Welcome to Uninvisible. I'm your host, Lauren Friedman, and I'm here with my guests to bring you info, insights, and inspiration for coping with, diagnosing, and treating invisible illness. We're here oversharing, so you don't have to struggle with invisibility anymore. Uninvisible is a support podcast that provides information, ideas, suggestions, and experiences that deal squarely with medical issues that present unique advocacy issues for individuals. We do not provide medical advice of any kind. We do provide support, concepts, ideas, discussions, and information you can use to make sure that you are being heard and that your concerns are being addressed. Please consult with your physician for any medical issue that you are facing, but we will be here for you along your journey. We welcome all comments about our episodes and, of course, the correction of any errors. Information and comments that you send to us are governed by our Terms of Service and Privacy Policy, which are available on our website, located at www.uninvisiblepod.com. The opinions expressed by guests are their own and are not necessarily the opinion of Uninvisible or the show sponsors. Most of all, we welcome your stories and experiences to share with our community, because without you, this community and the benefit it offers all of us would not exist. Any advertising that you may hear is accepted without regard to our editorial content. Of course, in the event that you are having a medical emergency of any kind, consult your physician or emergency services. Um, all right, thanks for joining us today, everyone. I am here today with Liz Beebe and Becca Murray, who are best friends. Um, Becca is a body positive lifestyle and wedding photographer based in Los Angeles. And Liz is the writer of feelsgoodblog.com and also the lead singer of an awesome band you may have heard of called Dust Bowl Revival. You may also hear our additional guest in the background. That's Leroy. (laughs) (laughs) He is Liz's dog um, and he likes to snort. So there may be some snorting and that's an extra special treat for you. So, ladies, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So, um, I know you're both, as I mentioned before we started recording, dealing with different and yet similar things. Mm -hmm. So, I want to ask you both individually to start. What is it you're dealing with in terms of invisible illness? um, And how did you first find out and know that you were dealing with something a little weird? You want me to go first? Yeah, they, well, you got diagnosed first, so you, you right, did Liz, the deep dive it. first. Yeah. So, I, basically, I present with Crohn's disease symptoms. Mm. I was really lucky in that I caught my symptoms early enough that I couldn't get fully diagnosed with it because mm-hmm. I wasn't, I didn't have enough deterioration in my guts to be diagnosed. But I... Like to fully be Crohn's? Right. So, when I went in, my first instinct was that I have a really hard time digesting certain foods. And as I was growing up, I didn't really notice that that was that big of a difference. Mm. But when I finally went in to see a gastroenterologist to have myself scoped to find out what was really going on, Mm. that was their initial conclusion was Crohn's because of like ulcers in my intestines. And how long ago was that? That was in around 2013. Okay. So like five years ago is when you started really looking into it. Yeah. Okay. Um, And since then, have you been diagnosed with something different? Um, no one's been able to really diagnose me exactly with anything. What my functional medicine doctor likes to say is that I'm, I have like IBD, I'm like IBD-ish. Because, and, and say what IBD is. Yeah, IBD is inflammatory bowel disease. Okay. Um, so like Crohn's, like ulcerative colitis, like diverticulitis, anything mm-hmm. like that that falls into that category. That's how my body responds to 
toxins or certain foods or chemicals or pesticides or, you know, whatever the mm-hmm. stimulation of our modern society is that's causing for my body. And so there are things that go along with that. Like maybe there's a gut infection like SIBO or Candida, or maybe there's just a dysbiosis of gut bacteria or bloating or fatigue or whatever goes along with that connection between mm-hmm. your gut and your brain. So there is, I don't actually have one thing. So I usually just say I present like I have Crohn's disease and mm-hmm. I know the things that make me feel the best Okay. to live my life now as like a, a typical person. And when and how did you first realize that you had this going on? Leroy's like having a bath right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think he tooted twice too. So I would say, I mean, I knew as a teenager mm. that I had some sort of health thing going on because my stepmom took me to a naturopath as like a 14 year old. <laughs> Leroy does not have good hey, feelings about naturopaths. Yeah, you're probably hot because I shut the windows. I would say as early as my teen years, as far as I can remember back, I've mm-hmm. looked like I'm three months pregnant after eating. Anything. Now I know any carbohydrates, but when you're a child in America in the eighties and nineties, like literally every meal you're eating carbohydrates, like breakfast is cereal, Mm -hmm. lunch is a sandwich and dinner is like some like kielbasa and mashed potatoes. I don't know. That's (laughs) what we we ate a lot of pasta. (laughs) (laughs) I ate spaghetti with butter and milk. Is that the weirdest? I loved it so much. That's like kid spaghetti. I feel like a lot of kids eat it that way. So I've always had that, but I never thought it was weird because no one was ever like, this is a symptom of something. Mm. Um, and then as I got older, I started having terrible skin. Um, and so besides what Western medicine doctors did to me, I should say, which we probably will get into to later. Me, to you, not for you. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely wasn't for me because thanks a lot. Um, my stepmom ended up taking me to a naturopath when I was like 14 or so. And he was just like, I can tell by looking at you that you're allergic to milk and like put me on my first elimination diet ever. Mm-hmm. So I was like, before it was a more well-known thing and I certainly didn't thrive doing it. I, di- I fell off the wagon right before the end. So it was like, I ate Girl Scout cookies and put everything back into my diet all at once. It didn't help at all. But I knew that that was something you could do. And mm-hmm. I had sort of my first glimpse into what you put in your body matters yeah. beyond what we were taught, which is the food pyramid. Yeah. Which is like, I just have like a certain part of rage in my body for the entire family. how America has taught us to treat ourselves. Yeah. Cause I don't know if I would have done anything different when I was that young, if I had known, but at least I would have been able to make the decision Yeah, as opposed to thinking that not knowing anything. Mm. Um, so that would probably be as early as I no, with hindsight, but in reality, I really didn't do anything serious until like 2008 for myself when I first was like, I feel like crap. I'm going to talk to my friend who was like a nutritionist at the time up in Berkeley, California, and was like, here's do this candida diet protocol, which is just like basically no sugar. So you're not having any carbs either. Right. And the response that my body had was just like a a musical. It was like spontaneous (laughs) 
fits of joy. So and not I, spontaneous fits of tooting. No. Like zero tooting. Once I figured out how to feed myself, like I stopped farting, which I'm sure she was a relief. She fart all the time. And it was like a dead animal was coming oh, out. It oh, was, they were so is. smelly. And it was so embarrassing. <laughs> but I also was like, oh, fart smell. And now I'm like, oh my god, farts don't smell unless you have to poop. Yeah. For me, at least. Like, I've had a complete 180. Or unless they're, they're productive. <laughs> yeah. Or unproductive. I yeah, yeah, say. yeah. If, let's say if they're if you're fermenting things inside you that you shouldn't be, they're going to be a different um, flavor. So that was, like, my first adult, I'm going to take charge of, like, how I'm feeling and what I'm doing. Because mm-hmm. I was just, like, bloated and starting to feel sort of lethargic at work. I was working in advertising at the time and still, like, performing nights and weekends, like, doing commercials or theater or whatever it was that I was doing at the time. Busting ass as many of us do in our 20s. In both ways really. Yeah. Busting yeah. ass and busting ass. So I did I did that for 30 days. <laughs> so I really had a great response to it. And I shortly after that was like the beginning of me yo-yoing between like quote unquote being good and quote unquote eat, eating bad. Right. Mm-hmm. I used to really I think label my food choices in an unhealthy way. Which I think I have a lot since, of us do. I've it, since changed that. Yeah. Um, and it takes learning that the food pyramid is evil. And it takes unlearning unle- everything yeah, we've yeah. taught. Unlearning the food pyramid, yeah. right? And, like, finding what your body's responding to. Totally. Which takes time. And also, like, me vilifying a type of food... I don't think was helpful because yeah. I'm I'm gonna eat it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have celiac disease, so I can now have sort of an indulgence as long as I know sort of how much I'm having of something. Right. Um, and I won't necessarily get sick anymore. Whereas like four years ago, I would have something I'd be laid up for a week. So it really depends on where you are in your healing, where you can get away with that. But I digress. Like the point is at that time I was like, Oh, I'm being good right now. Or I'm being bad right now. Right. Mm. Being bad would be like, I'm drinking, I'm eating dominoes. I'm doing whatever. I'm being good would be like, I'm eating salad, salad, And that's it, right? Like, Mm -hmm. there was, like, no middle ground. There was no, like, nutrient density information. It was just, like, essentially vegetables were good and, like, low-fat proteins were good. Oh, man. And fat and carbs and sugar were bad, you Mm -hmm. know? Just, like, a really super basic, a really leftover from the 80s, like, female weight loss machine sense of food. Despite all of the people I had in my life that could have informed me in a better way. Mm. Um, but you, Becca knows, you can't teach me anything until I'm ready to learn it myself. So. I think that's true for a lot of us, though, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, we live in a, a society that sort of promotes a very specific structure, and yeah. especially in terms of eating, and especially if you're female, mm-hmm. and that affects your body image, you know, mm-hmm. which I'm sure Becca has lots to say. A lot of thoughts. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and it takes on learning a lot of that stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So from, so after doing that candida diet, that was like 2008, mm-hmm. um, we'll skip forward a little bit to what got me to where I am right now, which is when I was working my last production job, which was before I joined Dust Bowl. I was, I was just turning 30 and I had this big shift in my health and my energy where I was just really, really drained all the time. Like we would describe it, I think in the past couple of years as saying like chronically fatigued or adrenal mm-hmm. fatigue, something like that, where you're just, you're not tired. You're like exhausted. Yeah. And I didn't understand why I could, why I felt like I was tired two hours after getting out of bed. I was like ready to go to bed again. I was so depressed about it. And because I didn't know what to do, 
Um, I was really anxious about work. I think I was starting to not want to be doing TV production anymore. It was all of a sudden seeming a lot more stressful than it ever used to. Right. And I, and I used to really, really love it. So that was happening and it was really uncomfortable and it was scary. And I knew that I was going to have to make a change with my diet again and really rein it in because I'd obviously anecdotally had that experience before. But the other thing that was like the impetus for the big life shift that I had was sort of happening at the same time. So, uh, I started going to a meditation class with my boss. She was Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to do this class. Will you come and do it with me? And I was like, yes, it's like a six week course. We did it at insight LA Mm -hmm. over on like the fellowship building on Los Feliz. Mm -hmm. And it was awesome and totally transformative and it fucking broke my brain because as someone who has been like a didn't know she was but was a type a like codependent perfectionist overworking to prove that i deserve my place on the planet kind of person when i went to meditation and they were like we're gonna slow your mind down my mind was like i'm going 300 miles an hour for the past fucking 30 years and when you do meditation after doing that without like easing into it it's a little bit like driving a car at 70 miles an hour into a brick wall yep so everything i'd ever like eaten or overworked or exercised or like stuffed in to my toes to not feel was coming out all the time like i was just almost panicking a hundred percent of the time I woke up and I would like cry before I went to work. Mm. And I, but then I would shame myself cause I'd be like, first of all, where's this coming from? And you're being so dramatic. Like yeah. it's work. And at the same time was so overwhelmed. Like couldn't imagine getting through the day. And probably um, you were also giving yourself pressure to like get shit done. Right. Oh, yeah. Cause you're like a boss lady. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was like managing like, other people. We were yeah. starting a new, um, a whole new, channel essentially Mm -hmm. a whole new like Saturday night programming block which was like amazing opportunity and I was like oh my god this is so much I'm so overwhelmed and still performing nights and weekends like after work so Mm -hmm. you know production you're working like a 14 hour day and then like I have to go to rehearsal (laughs) it was bananas it was so and I didn't know how to say no to anything except for myself I was like say no to me do everything for everyone and then how to like actually get rest in between yeah no there was none none (laughs) of that um So that was sort of the catalyst and what ended up happening was I started to rein my food back in. This Mm -hmm. is sort of a blur between leaving work and starting Dust Bowl, Mm. which by the way, side note for anybody who's like, "Mm, I also am not super stoked about my job and I feel like I want to leave, but I'm like totally terrified because how can I live without this income and what would I do instead of this? Maybe try the artist way because I did that and now I'm in a band. So, (laughs) and that's what I do full time. Yeah. Like I was like, we can't survive without this money. And guess what? You can, and you'll find something else to do and your heart will sing and you don't have to stay there. So the universe provides, take yourself out of whatever pigeonhole you're in and take care of yourself and things will fall into place. Mm. Um, but over that sort of transition of leaving production and going to do dust bowl, I finally was like, okay, to get myself back in order, I have to really reprioritize diet and lifestyle. And I started that by going on the autoimmune protocol. Yep. AIP. Um, and I started with that because I didn't know exactly what my thing was. And I knew that the candida diet had worked. And also 
I only had done it for 30 days and I didn't stick with it after that, even as like an 80, 20 situation. So I was like, there could be other things going on here. Mm-hmm. And I sold my husband. I was like, I'm only doing one more elimination diet. This is it for my life. Like if we're doing it, we're doing all of it. And so I was like, probably like 10, 20 elimination yeah, diets yeah. later now. So, right? <laughs> well, no, it was more like, let's just do them all at once. So I, I cross referenced and I'm not recommending this to other people because it may seem overwhelming, but for me, I'm great if I'm abstaining and I'm not great at like, Moderation. Like leaning into something slowly. So I was just like, cut it out. So I did AIP cross-referenced with the GAPS diet, which is the gut, um, brain, psychological, how they affect each other diet. Mm -hmm. And these are all very similar, keep in mind. But AIP is very specifically has like no nightshades and other things that trigger a lot of um, Hashimoto's, etc., um, Welcome to my life. Yes. <laughs> I have I have so many friends now that we can just commiserate on <laughs> these issues. They're like, human, I can't have it. It's terrible. <laughs> and I'm like, I just hate eggplant. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I love eggplant. <laughs> squash is a great alternative. It's not eggplant. <laughs> <laughs> I miss tomatoes. I know. <laughs> I know. They're the worst. They're like the most tomatoey tomatoes. Um oh. So I cross-referenced AIP, GAPS, SCD, specific carbohydrate diet, also very similar. It's a lot about like sugars and um, short-chain carbohydrates that sort of feed things that you don't want to be feeding in your gut. Mm. Um, Paleo is sort of like obviously in this category because these are like paleo plus. Yeah. Um, And then low FODMAP, which was the real kicker because low FODMAP is like all the vegetables besides mm. like greens and cucumbers. So for 60 days, I did all of that. That's really impressive. And I'll tell you, and I'll tell you this, and this is what's important for people to know because I've had family members, um, say, you know, I've done an elimination and it didn't help. And I'm like, here's the Liz thing. Just, Liz just did a, a shut up. I'm like, here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> a little like Muppet mouth. mouth. <laughs> I'm like talking out of my hand right now. Shut it. Here's the thing. It's like I'm clapping. Here's the thing. (laughs) I felt on that diet, okay, I felt fine. Mm. Until I personally cut out kale, which was supposed to be okay, but for me was not okay. Mm. So I was already eating like literally wilted greens and like good fatty meats, which I hadn't gotten there yet, but like we're into fat. It's good for you. Um, (laughs) From like sustainably raised meats. Um... I was still bloated after every meal when I, when I didn't take into account that some, even some greens or the way you're preparing your greens can be too rough for where you are in your healing process. There still might be like one thing that you have to fine tune. And granted, I have found that I have been a special case for almost every practitioner that I've worked with. Mm. And I don't mean that in the fun way that I feel special <laughs> about it. I mean, like, I still get frustrated if I have to, like, fine-tune another thing because I'm like, when is the work over? But if Never, by the way. It's I, never no, over. I know, literally. Please, no. Um, <laughs> but and if anyone's listening, they're like, I've already done those diets and it didn't work for me. Like, sometimes there's just one last thing that's supposed to be fine that's mm. on the list as quote-unquote okay and it just might not be right for your body. So if you're like, sometimes I notice when I have this, I feel a little bit off, but other times it's fine. Like just try taking that thing out for yeah. like a week and, and does it help? Because literally within seven days of getting my diet 
super restricted but dialed in it was like everything no bloating mm. at all which for me was bananas no farting <laughs> perfect perfect pooping <laughs> can you live on that technically yes but like will you probably not like we're humans we yeah. have other desires so we have indulgences which we'll get into later right so. so that's how i that's how i found out and that's what i did to like kickstart mm. the healing and then and that was about five years ago that i okay. did that amazing and becca what about you <laughs> you go back to the beginning so tell us back to now the you get an hour to well, tell your story yes. i was born on april 19th <laughs> Actually, though, I was born with a heart murmur. Yeah. So I feel like that actually was the beginning of my sort of invisible illness journey. Um, When I was growing up, because I had the heart murmur, I had to take antibiotics anytime anyone was going to or could potentially break my skin. So anytime I went to the dentist, anytime, yeah, because I could get an infection, I could get in my bloodstream, go through my heart, and then I could... Is this with any heart murmur, or is this with just your very specific... I don't know. I mean, it was... It went... It was supposed to go away when I was a kid. It didn't go away till I was 19 years old. So I think it was, I don't know if it was larger than normal. They do. They close up. Um, I have had doctors who say that they can still hear a little bit of a hiss. Like they, like they can tell that I had a heart murmur. Like maybe it's like, (laughs) I don't know. She's still got like a snake living. It's like such a Harry Potter description. I know. (laughs) That guy with the hissing heart. (laughs) Take that. Yeah. so yeah, so I took a lot of antibiotics growing up, and in the eighties and nineties, you know, people they thought that, that was normal, and no one yeah. ever thought uh, anything else yeah. about it. So yeah. I didn't think anything about that until way later. We'll get there. But um, when I was in maybe about sixth grade, I started getting really sick every time I ate red meat. So like, whenever mm-hmm. I had like hamburgers and be like at a cookout at a friend's house or yeah. like you know McDonald's or whatever, which is you know what we used to eat. Um, I would get sick, so I stopped eating red meat when I was in sixth grade, became a vegetarian when I was 14, um, and then, so it was just, like, sort of on that train, mm. just, like, you know, quote, healthy eating, and, and was pretty eating. much living on pasta, because that's what... Because you didn't know I how to eat. Yes, I was a vegetarian, so I eat spaghetti. Carbs. Right? <laughs> um, it's the bottom of the food pyramid, obviously. It's <laughs> healthy for me. a day, you guys. You're allowed. Oh my God. So, no, you're not, I guys. also wasn't, <laughs> because I was living on carbohydrates, and I wasn't eating meat, and I, you know, ate salads or whatever, but... Yeah, I was a teenager. Um, I really didn't eat fat, like mm. all growing up. I lived in a very like diet culture house. We were like snack wells and Olestra and mm. you know And your brain still works fine. Oh <laughs> Took a while to get there. <laughs> but it was just like so much sugar free, fat free everything, right? Yeah. So Which a lot of women definitely had growing up. Yes. Just, yeah, for sure. Definitely. So, especially women our age too. Yeah. 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 So when I was 19, we were in college, and I don't remember what play we were rehearsing, but I was just, like, not feeling okay. Every time I would eat, I would start, like, I would have to, like, double over and go to the bathroom and was, like, feeling like I was going to be sick. I didn't know what was happening. I remember being at a play in D.C., like, we our whole theater department went out to a show and I had to leave. I like, I had a snack at intermission and then I couldn't go back in for the second act. I had to like go to the bathroom and I spent the entire second act thinking I was going to throw up and I didn't know what was happening. So, um, so it was nausea. Yeah, it was nausea, but like really extreme and like really extreme stomach cramping. So I went, when I went home for break or whatever, my mom took me to the doctor and they sent me to a radiologist who 
I guess, was just like a smart dude and actually thought to test a 19-year-old girl's uh, gallbladder and like do an ultrasound, found out I had gallstones, which is a very rare thing to have. Mm, and especially at that age. At that, yeah, age. that age. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, too young and too, like, quote, healthy, yeah. they told me. But um, what the doctor said it boiled down to was I hadn't eaten any fat for, like, years and years and years and years and years. Oh, and so my bile just, like, calcified in Ooh. my gallbladder, causing my gallstones. So, you know, Ooh. one more reason why fat is important. It is yeah. vital to your body's function. Bile exists for a reason to yeah. break it down. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got my gall, uh, my gallbladder out when I was 19, and then no one told me anything about, oh, basically I was told the rest of your body will like take over the function. It's totally fine. Don't Ooh. worry about it. <laughs> you don't need this organ. It's super fine. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, Evolution has phased it out. You're cool. There's, there's no reason that we know it's here. Yeah. So, so forget it. I was in college. You know, you yeah. eat a lot of French fries. And oh my god, French fries! So you I stayed on the carbs. Good job. So yeah, I was still the chicken. So she was eating fatty carbs. Yes. Ah. Um, but every time I would have fried food, I would get so sick Mm. and I became because we were in college and it was a lot of like oh you're like eating out with friends and you're like drinking and whatever I became the queen I hate this but I'd be of the puke and rally because I wouldn't tell I didn't want anyone to think I was bulimic I didn't want people to think there was something wrong with me I didn't want to cause a scene Mm. in my group of friends or at a party I didn't want to have to like leave because I was still having fun I just like would get sick I was like I ate something my body doesn't want it yeah. I would throw up and then I would just be like, okay, I'm back. Um, wow. and hang out for years. Yeah. And this is a huge part of like the epidemic of silent and invisible illness. It's yeah. like, not silent, but invisible illness. Yeah. Well, and like, I didn't even talk although, to so many of my you good throw pretty silently. So I guess I, <laughs> <laughs> I did. Look, that it's is a skill. It's, my yeah. boyfriend and I live together and whenever we get sick, like we've all gotten like you know food poisoning or what a norovirus at the same time and he's so loud and I'm like my god you throw up so loudly he's like yeah. you throw up so quietly I was like I had to learn most people are like retching and you're like oh that's very impressive actually I don't yeah. know I don't know that it's a I good break, skill like, to have capillaries in my face when I puke I don't know how you do that oh man um yeah so that was I don't know I was suffering with that silently for a long time because yeah. I really. Especially because I did grow up with sort of like body dysmorphia and eating issues. I went more the like anorexia route for a while than Mm. the other way, but I was very fearful that people would think that I was bulimic. And so I didn't even talk to my good friends about it. But was it okay for them to think you were anorexic? Like, I don't, there uh, like, that's like God a whole thing. you think I'm bulimic, but I am anorexic. I don't know. So. When I was in high school, I used, I mean, that was a control mechanism too, right. right? It was more about like, and I could like feel holier than thou because like, I don't succumb to the pressure of that fucking food, but like. Right. But really like, I just want to throw up later. Yeah. I did. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. Lots of, lots of stuff to unpack there, but, yeah. um. Well, I'm happy to talk about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. I, yeah. Cause I definitely want to know about like how you also healed that. Yeah. yeah. The body issues. Oh God. It's work in progress, <laughs> but I'm, you know. I think it always is. Yeah. That's how our culture has structured body image for women, especially. Oh yeah. For women and men. For yeah. sure. Um, so then, oh God, I went to see a nutritionist, um, when I was like, <laughs> I had like lost a bunch of weight and was like trying to get off those like last five pounds, you know, always get down to actress weight. 
put that in quotes. Is there Which a is, number? Is yeah, that just weighted underweight? Number? It's yeah. underweight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's ten pounds less than yeah. you. You're supposed to. Than your healthy, your than your lowest age. possible healthy weight. Oh, yes. So um, he. Uh, you know, did a bunch of testing and whatever. And one of the big things, like I think the positive thing that I took away from that experience was that he put me on a bile supplement. He was like, you don't have a gallbladder. Why are you not taking this? And I was like, why did someone not tell me this 10 years ago? And it literally changed my life. I went from like not even being able to have olive oil and avocados Mm. to still like, I'll get sick if I, you know, eat, a bunch of fried, fried, fried stuff, food yeah. for, yeah, if I'm just like fried food on fried food on so fried Super food. Bowl Sunday is not a good day. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, BB makes really amazing great. baked buffalo wings that have like changed my life. Yeah. They're so good. This is good. Yeah. Like your recipes. Yes. You're getting sick because you were eating hydrogenated vegetable yes, oil, yeah. which no one should eat. <laughs> um, Limit your intake. Yes. Know what, what's in your food, what it's cooked in, and yeah. where it's coming from. So that started my sort of, that was like the first time I did like a full panel of like my vitamin levels and my thyroid and my like everything and trying to like make sure that everything was in check. And it was like my T3 was a little low and like obviously like I needed some gallbladder assistance, but for my lack of gallbladder. But um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all my lack thereof. Just, just a little yeah. assistance would be helpful. <laughs> Replacement. Um, but then, so that was like my first sort of dive into that. But then I also just started having, like, it really exacerbated my body image issues, like trying mm. to go down this well of that. Um, and then I don't remember when exactly it happened, but I, around 2013-ish, I started falling a lot. Just randomly, I'd be like walking on my lunch mm. break at work, and I would like trip on the sidewalk and I would come back and be like, my hands are busted and I ripped my jeans. Like, I don't, yeah. don't know would, what like, happened. Tease her about it because we'd be like, why do you trip all the time? Yeah. Just like it was my, just a joke that you were a clot. That I was a clot. Right. Like had no balance, all of that. And then I was walking down the street with some friends one night in Hollywood and I called it like the earthquake sidewalk. You know how the earth, the yes. sidewalks are like kind of cracked and a little bit. I just, and they're like, some of them are raised up like crazy because of yeah. the yeah. on the street and the earthquakes. Yeah. It's yeah. like a ramp. So I just, um, I tripped on an earthquake mm-hmm. sidewalk and fell and fractured my elbow. Okay. And so, uh, I went to the emergency room, got, a, you know, all things, whatever. My dad then, um, called me and was like, Uh, you're falling a lot. Like, and this is now like a medical issue. Like this is serious. This isn't just like scrapes and Mm. um, bruises anymore. Like, can you just go see a neurologist and make sure everything is okay? Want to make sure there's nothing going on in your brain that's making you fall over. This is good. You had someone paying attention. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which we'll also get into. Because we weren't. (laughs) Yeah. I was just like, I don't know. No, but I was like, oh, you're quadsy. But also you were going through your own thing, Liz. And it's like, I think, you know, and when we're in our own bodies, like, it takes a long time to actually learn when something is off. So totally that stuff's a process. So it always helps to have one person, even if it's just one person from the outside, be like, have you had that checked? Yeah. So, so I went yeah, to, yeah, yeah <laughs> seriously. So I went to this doctor. Um, he is now retired. His name was Dr. Imbis. He was a neurologist who carried oh. one of those like old school medical <gasps> bags, like doctor bags. It oh was very, God. yeah. He, uh, retired a couple years after I started seeing him, so it was just like, he was definitely on the verge there. Mm. Um, older dude, but very sweet. But I went in, and um, we, like, did tests, and I filled out forms, and he, you know, tested my blood pressure, like, sitting and standing and moving and all of the things. And then he was just like, okay, I need you to come back for a sleep study. 
And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, you're a very sleepy lady. And I was like, mm. I'm a very sleepy lady. Like, I'm, I have a full <laughs> like ready to go to battle. Yeah, I was like, like fuck you. Me. I have a fucking full-time job, an artistic <laughs> career on the side, a relationship, right. friends. Are like, you insinuating I'm not doing enough? <laughs> I was like, let me tell you, sir. I don't take time for myself yet. I, I was like, what? Of course I'm tired. Like, everyone yeah. is tired. That's just... Which is another thing. Why? Why, Why do we all have busy. to be so goddamn tired yeah. all the time? But yes. please You don't me. have to be. That's the nope. silver lining. Yeah. So, I remember I was prepping for my sleep study, and they this was you- in in office. It wasn't a home one. Yeah, it was oh, in yeah. office. It was a, a night, and then like a whole <laughs> what next night. But yeah, so I like read all of the prep stuff, and I was like, oh, I wonder if I can like if they'll have a fridge or something where I can bring my own food, so I don't have to like go out and mm. get food or something. So I just called the nurse, and I was like, hey, can I bring food, or should I like just plan to like go out and grab something? She's like, oh, you're not gonna want to go out and grab anything because they're going to have like Things stuff all over you. And I was like, okay. Um, she was like, is there anything else you're worried about before you come in? I was like, I just, I don't know. Like sometimes like I don't, what if it takes me a while to fall asleep? I'm like in a new place. And she was like, oh honey, if you're narcoleptic, you don't have to worry about that. And I was like, narcoleptic? And I was like, I'm not fucking narcoleptic. I was like, that's weird. go in for my test whatever you sleep for the night and the next day like they come in like every hour or something and like every hour two hours and make you go to sleep like Mm. take a nap and then you wake up if you fell asleep and they ask you like if you fell asleep if you dreamed how long you thought it took you to fall asleep blah blah blah. I was just like oh I don't know like maybe I kind of dozed off or like meditated but I don't think I really slept no I didn't dream whatever Go back in for the test results, like, two weeks later or something. And they were like, not only did you fall asleep every single time. So, mm-hmm. throughout the entire day, like, you they were making me out. go to sleep. Yeah, they, I just After kept After sleeping all night. After sleeping a full eight hours at night, I was mm-hmm. sleeping, like, every hour for, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, and you just And you were like, I'm not asleep. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I'm not asleep. They were like, not only did you fall asleep every single time, the shortest amount of time it took you to fall asleep was 30 seconds. Oh my god! And the longest was two and a half minutes, and that was after your friend was there to visit you. Yeah. So your brain Chipotle. was probably... Yeah, she brought me Chipotle for lunch. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, so I was like, what the fuck? I'm so, narcoleptic. Yeah, I was like, what? He was that like, was our new joke. Yeah. yeah you don't trip a lot. <laughs> I'm just narcoleptic. So he gave, he actually gave me a diagnosis, which it would have, I don't know, maybe been better to have the narcolepsy diagnosis, but there's actually like, that's an autoimmune disease. And now there's like, you know, blood tests and stuff you can do for narcolepsy. So he didn't give you a narcolepsy? Well, I don't, I don't have cataplexy. So I don't have, like, I don't have any of the like, wake up and your body is paralyzed. I don't like... My body doesn't paralyze and, like, fall over any of that. Yeah, exactly. Becca just did a great impression. (laughs) (laughs) The things that people miss when we have to just do audio. (laughs) Um, So he diagnosed me with idiopathic hypersomnia. Ah, that's that's my favorite diagnosis. You're sleepy and And you don't know why. We have no medical term for you. You're a sleepy lady. Yes, (laughs) that's what he called me. a sleepy lady. (laughs) (laughs) So he... Gave me oh uh, a prescription for well, speed, like, speed, medical grade speed, New Vigil, which is mm-hmm. 
I'm sure the makers of New Vigil wouldn't like me calling it speed, but it was it was made for the military, for like mm. guys to be able to stay awake all night and then be sharpshooters, you know? It's not me- medical grade speed, it's military, military grade, grade speed. speed. <laughs> that sounds really good for you. Yeah. So wait, why did they discontinue it? Because it resulted in a bunch of friendly fire. Okay. <laughs> that was the previous version. He was oh like, the, they fixed it now, so now there's wait, less. Wait, is this for real? Yeah. It's for real. It's like, <laughs> at least it's a story that my doctor told me. He was like, the older version, he was like, don't let people tell you stories about it. Like, they made it for the boys in the army, but like, then all of a sudden there was like more friendly fire in that mission than there had ever been before. Sleepy boys. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, very so sleepy they, boys. They like went back, they reworked it, now they fixed it, and here's the prescription for you. And, and you were like, like, no problem, I'll take that. <laughs> I was like, what? I really prefer like a granola sort of <laughs> cure. Like, do you have anything? And he was like, if I had granola, I would give you granola. He was like, but for right now, he was like, let's think of this like, I actually liked the way that he put this as much as he was pushing speed on me. <laughs> uh, he was like, let's think of this like, I was on antidepressants when I was in high school. Mm. I went off of them and I was in college when like, I was depressed for that period of time, but it was just like, whether it was my my chemistry, my biology like changed or it was situational or whatever mm. it was. Things change. Circumstances change. I was more functional. He was like, you can look at it like that. You don't have to be on this forever, but it will be helpful for right now. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. So I went on it and I was like, oh my God, this is what people feel like. I don't, Uh, I didn't know this is normal. Like my, all this. We need some of that. (laughs) It was insane. And I, it scares me how much I liked it. it. (laughs) Right. Cause I don't want to be a person. That's a sleepy lady. Yes. Or addicted so, to drugs. Or, yeah, or addicted <laughs> to drugs. Or that. We're so common ground. <laughs> I was on New Vigil for about a year and a half. Um, and it was going great. I was, you know, enjoying it and like life was feeling fine. Uh, and then my insurance changed at work and it, it went up to $550 a bottle. What? Uh huh. Just because of the insurance, not because of the drug company. Yes. Well, because the drug company, on my previous insurance, the drug company had been able to give me like, a card for oh, it yeah. to be like 25 bucks or something, even though it was more. And because I switched to a high deductible plan, mm-hmm. that thing no longer applied okay. because I had an HSA. So like it just, yeah. So it's going to be $550 a bottle and I would go through a bottle a month. So I was like, well, no, what? that's, no. I can't. So I quit cold Turkey that January. The drugs, not the job. The drugs, not the job. <laughs> so I quit Should and quit the insurance company. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it, but I mean, this also, you know, silver lining started my entire like health journey, right. like internal medicine, whatever, functional. The crisis continues. Yes. So uh, I quit that and immediately like gained 15 pounds in a month, got super sick, like wasn't able to. Fun. I was like, what is no, I'm happening. Sleeping. And yeah. I'm terrible. Yeah, like everything. And, everything, and I don't fit into my jeans. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Everything was just like, I felt like my life was like crumbling around me. And I was like, I don't, like, I don't know what's happening. Like, I'm still, like, I'm trying so hard to, like, be healthy. And I want to, like, figure out the root cause of the problem, right? Like, my doctor had retired. So I was like, well, now I can't, there's no, I don't know. But it was like, we had never figured out the cause of the idiopathic so hypersomnia. Sort of, like, up the creek without a path. Yeah. Uh, BB had been seeing, um, a functional medicine doctor up in the Bay Area, like mm-hmm. via Skype. And why she, not locally? Um, because there fucking weren't any yeah, so, at the time that I was seeing somebody. Yeah. So, um, 
I found him. Actually, my husband found him because mm-hmm. through he, a podcast. Yeah, I think. Oh, hey, yeah, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> podcast plug. Like, before yeah. functional medicine was as big as it is now, at and least like, in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least in LA, it yeah. has exploded exponentially. So I was seeing him um, just to circle back, so that people know, like, because I know this is part of your other question, but mm. when I was doing that conglomerate diet yeah. of all of them together. I was like, I need supervision at this point. Like, I've done it for 60 days. Things aren't completely perfect. I need to have someone help me, guide mm-hmm. me a little bit. Like, you can't necessarily always do it on your own. So, I found this functional medicine doctor. He totally understood what I was talking about. He was like, his initial thing was like, we deal with root causes, not the symptoms. And he showed me like a diagram of a tree with roots and like all the symptoms are the leaves. And, I was and like, you were like, this, this is magical. I'm always like <laughs> weeping in the room being like, what do I still get bloated? I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? You're not just going to look at my blood work and tell me I'm fine. So yeah. I told so Becca. She had been seeing him and she was like, at least like he'll do a free phone consultation. Just like talk to him, talk to mm-hmm. him, see whatever. Um, so I like gave him my whole life story in you know, 20 minutes on the phone and he was like, yeah, we have some tests we can do. Like, I think (laughs) that like there are some things we can figure out here. Mm So I started seeing him. We did a bunch of tests. I found out I had parasite. Um, in addition to, I'm a very yeasty person. I had a lot of, (laughs) a lot of candida. Uh, I did not have SIBO, which was like the one thing that like kept coming back negative, which is great. But I did. Yeah, you did. This is where we did. We're going to cover all of the, all of them. But yeah, so killing blasto was my first, blastocystis hominis, which is the most common parasite in humans. But if you have, you know, other dysfunctions going on, then that's where it can actually like cause an issue. Like if you don't have the ability to get okay. rid of it or like deal with you mean the like effects that of it. You were missing? <laughs> exactly. For example. For example. Um, for example, or taking all those antibiotics when I was a kid that killed <laughs> everything else in my gut. So I just have Thanks. like an empty microbiome. Yeah. Oh, that man. just like creates like a breeding ground for all of the bad shit that I don't mm-hmm. want in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I... And when I met you, you were just starting to take care of Blasto. Okay. I had a countdown clock. That was actually super helpful for me, is I got one of those, like, <laughs> wedding countdown clocks for my phone. <laughs> but I, it was, like, my countdown to, like, killing Blasto. Blasto. <laughs> yeah. And so I did, like, super strict AIP and was taking rounds of antimicrobials and all these things mm-hmm. and had to do so many poop tests mm-hmm. um, over so many months. I haven't had to do those Especially yet, but I work. can see it coming. Yeah. Oh, at work. Oh! Or at home, and then you have to, like, put them in your fridge until you can send it, and you're like, Ooh. boyfriend, don't look in that bag. That but at least in you. the fridge, it's, like, in a sealed bottle. When you're doing the poop test, all you do is, like, poop into, like, a fried food container. <laughs> <laughs> It's a little. It you looks need to like not when fries coming. It does. It's got the. It's just the, the checker marks thing. and everything. Yeah, you just poop in it, and oh. then you like use a little a teeny it's tiny like one of those plastic scoop with a fork. It's a spork. It is like a little, tiny little it's like a little tongs. shovel. And then, like you, the size of one of those little ice cream, like taste yeah. tester. Yeah, like a things. gelato spoon, but with little tongue, yeah, tines like on the it. like the things you use to get lobster out of the shell, like those little lobster fork type things. Yes, yes. like those on a baby spoon. Yeah, and then they're just like fill up the poop past this line, and then you seal it and put it in a bag. And people can't see it, and you're like, don't open that bag. <laughs> It's the package. Yeah. So. We're very familiar. You toss, with that you toss everything else away. Yeah. That doesn't yeah. go in the fridge. <laughs> um, so you did the poop test. So I did poop so test. Many poop tests. Yes. And then uh, eventually, yeah, but they eventually came back clean. I killed Blasto. That was great. And then I kept 
feeling not great, and I mm. kept, like, I... I hesitate to talk about how, like, gaining weight was part of this process for me because I have now come around in, like, a whole different angle on this. Mm -hmm. But through that, I had been someone, grew up in a very diet, you know, centric house, was, like, very focused on managing my weight. And it was alarming to me the rate at which I was gaining weight, even though my diet had stayed what I considered to be dialed in or even like more restrictive than it was before. And I was continuing to work out as much as I was allowed to. I had started doing like yoga instead of CrossFit and like, you know, stuff that, mm. because they didn't want me like wearing out my adrenals and, um, and it's important yeah. to mention that your diet was consistent. Yeah, my diet was consistent. And at some point in that process, I started eating meat, mm-hmm. um, which I was really, really hesitant to do because I had been a vegetarian since I was uh, 14. And I think a lot of people struggle with this one. I mm-hmm. have struggled with it. Definitely, yeah, so. it's really difficult. And it was a really hard decision for me to come to. But <laughs> it got down to it. I had cut out, especially doing AIP, mm-hmm. where I couldn't eat like nuts soy legumes like any like everything that i was grains yeah all the things that i relied on i could no longer eat i was just having like greens and oil it was like greens and fat and my doctors were like no like you were basically starving yeah you're like you can't do this and it was like really feeding into those old like old patterns which is i just i did not want to go back there Mm. um so i started with like bone broth and then just decided to be really intentional about my meat choices. Mm-hmm. And I, now I feel strongly about it being easier for me to actually change the system uh, from the inside. Being what do you able, mean by that? Uh, I am like super anti-factory farming, obviously, and so like, like all your, of the shit wallet. that you put into food. You're yes. determining with your wallet what yeah. you're going to support. So like making sure that like I'm buying the quality meat that I... Uh, that I feel okay or better about That's like eating. sustainably farmed, grass-fed, like, it's yes. had a happy life. Yeah. One bad day. That's yeah. a, I talked to a farmer who said, like, his pigs have one bad day. Yeah. Humans have a lot more than one bad day. It's one really bad day. You were having a lot of bad days. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. And so it was like, I really, I appreciate that sort of that angle and being like, mm-hmm. you know, and especially, you know, the whole animal sort of mentality. Leroy right. is not feeling so good about no. it. No, <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, buddy. Sorry, Leroy. We love the animals. We love you. We love you. Um, He's like, no bad days. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, started eating meat in that process too. So I think that that was, mm. that was a big And you still eat meat now. Step for me. I do. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think I, I ate a lot more of it while I was going through that healing process for a while just because I was I had to cut out so much stuff that there wasn't a lot I could eat outside of it. And I, much like BB, I had to cut out so many vegetables mm-hmm. that I was used to eating. Um, but I've, I've stepped back a lot now. I don't eat as much of it because I am able, I have been able to incorporate more things back because into my diet. Exactly. Yeah, right. And your, and your gut can, heal and you just because you cut something out now just because you can't tolerate it now doesn't mean you can't tolerate it ever yeah. right sometimes you can get looped back around into that so do you have a current diagnosis right now with any of this because it sounds like a lot of it's still kind of up in the air yeah it is um so i i am constantly yeasty i, I have a lot of candida in me and um the biggest thing that i have been dealing with for the last year ish, right? Almost a year. God, Mm -hmm. um, is mold illness. So I've been seeing a functional medicine doctor who like 
she took we spent like I don't know, two years just like go or you know a year and a half going through like everything checking off all the boxes on the, the list for and every we, test for every test for all the things and it kept coming back to you know candida this i had uh, metal toxicity so mm-hmm. which bb yeah, dealt with did. too mm-hmm. um and so she what, did what metal toxicities do you guys have I had mercury, lead and a little bit of mercury. Lead. I had mostly mercury and a little lead. Yeah. <laughs> We're just like, <laughs> these. Yeah, just like a puzzle. <laughs> but I did, she did chelation through the IV. Mm-hmm. I did it through NDF drops. It was the worst experience of What are NDF both drops? Of I haven't heard of those. Yeah. Oh, it's just, it's like a binder. It's like a binder, but you put it in your water and drink it. And, uh, within five minutes of drinking it, I would just get like a splitting headache. It would feel like I had like a dagger through my head. And then I was just beyond tired. I think after two days of it, I sent out like a blast on Facebook and was like, cool. You're not going to see me for a while. Like if you have good show recommendations, I'm going to be at home. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I didn't leave my house for like you feel what, really, really sick. That's something, something yeah. you definitely need to work with a practitioner on because if you're not flushing it out of your body properly, we are both mm-hmm. taking a lot of glutathione. Yeah. Then you can retoxify yourself. It's mm-hmm. really dangerous. So the, uh, and the super shitty part is that like I was working with my person, but like I went through and I did the like 12 weeks or whatever I had to do on that. Um, and then I stopped the drops. So I was like, great. My 12 weeks are up. Like, I'll go back in and we'll like do the test. And it was like another month before I like got the test back, went into the doctor and she was like, okay, so where are like, where are you? You're in your second round. Right. And I was like, what? No, I stopped (laughs) after that. And she was like, no, your levels are like through the, your levels are higher now than they were before. Cause you didn't detox out any of that stuff. Like you didn't actually eliminate any of it. You just pulled it. Out. out of your tissue. And so that's why you're feeling so ill. And I was like, fuck, I can't do this again. And she was like, okay, there has to be a reason why in 12 weeks, like you, you aren't, detoxing. you aren't detoxing any of this. And so she's like, I keep thinking that it was going to be mold, but like, I really have to, had to check off all the boxes before I can mm. get there. Cause that's like such a specific diagnosis. And it's like, genetically specific too, actually. Yeah. Which people Only don't 25% realize. of people can actually hold on to mold illness. Like if you mm. are, you'll we'll get sick or like allergic. It's not healthy for anyone, to but be in some a moldy people will like absorb it. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, and fun fact, I had moved in with my boyfriend who was living in a place that had mold and the walls had some old water damage that the landlord had not fixed. Um, so the landlords fix your mold. Yeah. Seriously. Cause yeah. people can come back and I have it's not. So yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Basically, my doctor was like, the mold is, I got those tests back. And she was like, oh, yeah, definitely you have mold illness. Um, so I've been dealing with that for like a year now. We did one round uh, of a bunch of binders. And then my, once again, like things were still high. And she's like, we just need to like keep, keep pushing, pushing, pushing. And like much like when I um, did the the blasto protocol and was taking like different rounds of antimicrobials. I've been taking different rounds of binders in this so that my body doesn't get used to the one thing. And it's not just like constantly pulling out the same stuff. It can sort of attack it from different angles. Kind of like antibiotics would have done. Yes. So, and do we think that, um, like do your doctors think that the antibiotics coupled with heart murmur, stuff and the gallbladder like that these are all sort of root causes for all of the others yeah i think it's just like everything piled on top of each other all the while sorry i cut you off there no 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 everything just like piled on and i i feel my mom is so sweet she just like she's always like i'm sorry if i had known i would have done something different and i'm like no you didn't know like doctors did this yeah 
us. You yeah. lived in this healthcare system, in this yeah. world, in this time, in this country, when people thought that that's what you did, and you did the best you could. Oh, and, like, I just ended up, like... My brother ended up fine. Yeah. Or and at least he thinks like, so. Thinks that, yeah. He has really smelly farts, too. So. You, yeah, Jeff. You take all those drugs, because the antibiotics were the start for me, too. You take all those drugs, or you go on birth control for your skin because they put you on antibiotics, and then your face gets fucked up if your symptoms are like mine. So here I am being like, cool, cool, cool. I took all the things you told me to take. And now I'm sick And with this. I ate the diet that you prescribed for me, which, by the way, feeds all the shit that grows when you kill what you had me take. Kills. So... It's like, it's both sides. It's like the medicine and then what you're putting in afterwards is like not healthful. Yeah. yeah. That it so, ultimately caused more problems. Yeah. But like also you wouldn't have solved yeah. that thing if you hadn't taken the medicine. Yeah. So it's just a, more I of think a journey. The yeah. root cause is being an American. <laughs> yeah. I'm starting to think so also. Yeah. I mean, really, like a modern American. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, like we have so many more of these autoimmune diseases now mm-hmm. and and um autism and and a lot of other multiple sclerosis and uh, schizophrenia even mm-hmm. like all of these are being tied to gut health yeah um depression so even like depression, depression anxiety, anxiety all of it like your gut is your literally it's your second brain mm-hmm. and so it might be your first in some cases true 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 i mean your brain and we call it your brain but really a lot of your brain is just processing what is given to it from your gut so yeah when you say root cause, it's like, yes, and this other th- hidden thing that we didn't even know yeah. Yeah. we were doing wrong. Because you buy your food from a grocery store, you're like, oh, it's food. Yeah. It's not chips, right? It's like rice and a st- like a stuffed bell pepper. But like for me, that would make me so sick if I ate that now. Yeah. Well, especially so. if you didn't know where certain things came from or like what it was cooked in. Yeah. Sure. You know, and that's why we need ingredients lists and nutrition mm-hmm. facts, which are not always covering all of the things we need to know about. Yeah. You know? We're still a little calorie focused, which is yeah. misguided in my opinion. But. Well, and the FDA also allows classifications like natural flavors, which yeah. is a very big catch all and not all natural. So natural is only good when you're talking about wine, people. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere else it's bullshit. And then I wanted to ask you as well, yeah. Becca, all of the while, while you were doing all of this testing, because BB was mentioning that she was working when she was going through this, were you working full time? Uh huh. How? <laughs> I don't. We cried no. a lot. I napped yeah. in my car on my lunch break. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I uh, actually, my, neurologist uh he told me that he was like you know they have to make accommodations for people with disabilities you need to ask for a nap room and i was like no one is gonna give me a nap room at work at a public radio station <laughs> that's like that's, well. not, that's not a thing that's gonna happen nope um so yeah i would i would sleep in my car on my lunch break i would like I've just and i i was taking like double doses of my my speed um so yeah. i would like take it in the morning when i woke up i would it would like wear off by the time my lunch rolled around i would take a nap in my car sweating my ass off because it's pasadena in the summer oh it's God. like you know 110 degrees in my car yeah. <laughs> um and then i would just like get up and take another dose and then go back to work and then oh my god yeah and and did you have to take like extra time off beyond the holidays that you were allotted and like sick days? I did not do that. How did I cannot believe I uh don't really know. I am very type A. Yeah. Kind of a workaholic, very much a recovering people pleaser. Yeah. And I think it was very difficult for me to admit that there was something wrong and I needed 
more. Needed more help. Help. Well, and it's worth noting, too, that you're like, oh, people with disabilities need blah, blah, blah. It's like, most of the people besides our inner circle were like, nothing's wrong with you. So when we're talking about hidden and invisible illnesses, it's like, oh, you have a privileged body and you (laughs) don't look fucking sick, so you're not. You're not, yeah. Have you gone to a real doctor? Oh, thanks, guys. Go no. fuck yourselves. Right? It's like, yeah. you... I'm not a hypochondriac. Have you ever known me to be a hy- hypochondriac? So... And also, what does that even mean? Because but also, I'm someone, shitting myself. And yeah, also, I, someone can feel how they feel, and they're trying to communicate that to you. My advice, just like it is with a lot of things happening in the real world right now, is <laughs> fucking believe them. Yeah. Listen to them. Because you are the only person who knows your body as well as you do. There's one thing to be like, I'm anxious that this is, you know, this disease is going to happen to me. <laughs> but there's another thing about, like, this is how I feel right now. Or this is how I feel when this happens to me. And to have people around you, I mean, even my husband at the time when I like couldn't get out of bed, like didn't really get it. I remember he like dragged me to brunch one day and I was like, I really, really can't do this. I ended up going and I was just like, a zo- I was a zombie all the time. And this was like, I would use Saturdays and Sundays to sleep. I just wanted to be in bed the whole weekend. Yeah. And that's not my personality. That's not who he knew me to be. Right. And he thought he was being helpful. So that's my advice there is just like be your speak up. Don't be afraid to be your own health advocate and also like take time away from people that are not listening to you. Yeah. So you can do what you know is right for you and at least get help if you need support. Well, and needless to say, you're still with your husband. It hasn't. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he I, he it, it turned a corner and he was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And now he's like, OK, I'm on the hunt. We're going to send you. Right. Yeah. He found my doctor. He was the one who convinced me to do AIP when I was like, I'm not doing another fucking elimination diet. I have done that. <laughs> yeah. I know what happens. And I just wasn't, you, sometimes you're not ready either. Sometimes you're like, mm-hmm. I know I feel like shit when I eat this thing. Or I know I feel like shit if I drink this type of liquor or drink at all. Mm. Alcohol's fun, but it's not really great for anybody's insides. Um, emotionally, it can be wonderful. Yeah. Um, we'll get there. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, sometimes you just have to, like, I wasn't ready until I was ready. And then when mm-hmm. I was ready, I just did it cold turkey and, like, full speed ahead. And is, is would you say he's your main advocate now? I would Aside say, yeah. Himself. He's, like, stop. He's, like, the first step outside of myself. Right. Um, and what about you, Becca? Sure. Who's your main advocate? Or, like, did you find that you needed to have an advocate in all of this, aside from your dad being like, get get tested for your tripping? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. And then, yeah, and then my parents just kept being so worried, because they were like, every time, like, are you, sh- are you sure? And, and they're 3,000 miles away, yeah. and they're like, how do you, but, like, every time you fix something, something else is there. I'm like, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. It just is. Mm. Spending all my money on doctors. Um, yeah, I, I mean, obviously, BB has been great we've like gone through so much of this together and i'm like ooh, where can i do the mold test Mm. yeah which we'll get to in the future of like where we're at where are they now yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. but you're trying different treatments which is very important to note as well because there are some people who are like okay i've done this thing and it should work but if it's not working you have to try the next thing you get greedy for it I like to liken it to the end of Scrooge when he's like, you want to feel good, you get gritty for it, and you want it every day. The feeling of Christmas. The feeling of Christmas is when you start to get your health back, and then you're like, I'm not satisfied with 80 fucking percent. I want to be 95 percent. And so then you, without yeah. without getting into like actual orthorexia and being hyperbolic, but um, when you start feeling better, you're like, 
if I had known it was going to cost us money and take this much time, I wouldn't have never done this. I would have yeah. <laughs> overexercised and taken Xanax. But it was worth it. <laughs> but it was worth it. And now yeah. you just continue on because you can tell. You're like, this thing still isn't settled. So there's still something going on, even though I'm a tired like a typical person now yeah. instead of like a really ill person. Yeah. Mm. So Yeah, and I would say my boyfriend is a huge uh, supporter, too, in that he, A, helps me navigate spaces where there are not going to be food options mm. that I mm-hmm. can have or I don't feel comfortable telling the host, whoever it is, he's a social butterfly and we go to a lot of things and there are oftentimes we show up somewhere and I can't, mm-hmm. can't eat. eat any of the stuff. And so he's good. You're like a toddler with snack packs? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yes, bring <laughs> like food everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like he's just like, he's really good at like sort of helping me navigate those spaces where I can get, a, I can start going in on myself a little bit. I'm and an introvert and I don't want to, yeah. Um, and he's also just been super supportive when it's like, like he loves when I sleep. He's like, if I ever have a morning to sleep in, which does not happen very often. And I wake up and it's like 11 AM and he's out watching TV and I'm like, oh my God, why, why do you let, I have so much, I have things to do yeah. today. Why do you let me sleep? And he's like, because you were sleeping. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, I love it when you sleep. And I'm like, thank you. That's I, really nice. Yeah. And how, like, I mean, these guys are your advocates. Your partners are your advocates. Yeah. Would you say that despite, like, the ups and downs of the journey so far, that it's positively impacted your relationships because it's, like, made you closer to have to be so open about all this stuff you're going through? I think it's positive because we've... Because my husband's really into fitness and nutrition now, Mm -hmm. and so... But he can eat almost anything, Although yeah. I would also like to say that sometimes he can't turn the lens around on himself. He's so focused with making things easy for me. <laughs> <laughs> he don't want to hear it yet. He's not ready to hear it yet. But it's, I think that's been helpful to see in action it not just be as simple as, as many of the blogs I've read that was like, oh, I just need to start taking probiotics and like cut grains out of my diet. And like, no, I'm fine. I'm not bloated at all anymore. I'm sure what they're doing is great. This is, Beck is a great advocate to be like, not everyone has as many challenges as you. Yeah. And so sometimes just helping people eat like a little less fast food and like a little more vegetables is like a Becca really voice. great start. And I'm like, they're misleading people by giving them food allergy tests. They're not real. My boyfriend had like, and he actually, he doesn't have a thyroid. His thyroid was radioactively destroyed. Did he have Graves disease? Uh, yes. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Yes, and so he had a very hyperactive thyroid mm. for so long. Uh, had like 130 beats per minute, like resting heart rate, like this crazy. Is before you knew him, yeah. Wow. Um, it's like how he grew up, and so he could like he was a twig, right? Like he, mm. he ate all the things, and then all of a sudden you don't have that, and like you're becoming an adult, and you're like, oh god, how do I eat? What does my body respond to? How does mm-hmm. this work? And um, so he started, it's very cute. I feel like it's similar to what Bibi was just talking about. Like, he started doing keto and was like, you know, all these, like, I want to try his ketogenic diet, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it was, like, working really well for him, except that, like, he wasn't actually, like, tracking his macros. <laughs> he was just like, ooh, eat fat. And he time. was just, like, <laughs> eating fat. But then he would also maybe still have a glass of wine. And I was like, mm, no, just no, so, no. like, it's not... Like I'm, I'm not doing keto. Right. I was like, I just want and I just want you to know that like it's not that's not what you're doing. Like you can call it that in the house, but like just like if you're out in the world, people are gonna think you're eating a different way than you are. And not that that matters, but okay, whatever you want to and he was like, here's the thing, Becca. 
I'm not eating pizza every yeah. night. Mm-hmm. He was like, I'm eating fast food. He was like, so this. Well, for him, it was like, it's like almost calling it keto, like made him do paleo. It's like he mm-hmm. went. Yeah. It's like it just pushed him in the direction that was just like, it's just that step of I'm yeah. not going to go to In-N-Out yeah. and I'm not going to order pizza and mm. whatever. Okay. And so if I have a glass or two of wine, then like I'm still having what, eight carbs in the day. That's still better than if I had like eight downed this entire too, thing yeah. of fast food. Yeah. He yeah. was like, it's a step in the Right in, like, direction. whatever the right direction is, even if it's not the thing that is what you're trying to label it as. Right. You know? Which you makes baby steps. That makes some sense. It's yeah, just, yeah. um, it's hard, I think, for people like us who are, like, all or nothing all the time. Yeah. Um, well, and because, and this is why it's good that we do this together, because I'll start thoughts and Becca will help me finish them. But it's, like, being, <laughs> being that sort of quote-unquote good example of someone who, like, can stick to a thing, can see tangible results, that person who's with you sees it, they can then translate that for, you know, either clients like like Brom can. Because if someone is just trying to, let's say, uh, lose weight um, or just live a more healthy lifestyle. Be nice if the goals were that simple for us. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, here's an example, but if you run into issues, there are other things that can come along with that mm. that people don't necessarily know about, like we're talking about today. So to have Will be around that and have... Will being Becca's boyfriend. Will being Becca's yeah. boyfriend. <laughs> You're free will. Um, to have... Hi, I love you. Hi, I must be that example of... Yes, like your the first step is amazing. Like if yeah. that's all you have to do, not that it isn't difficult to change your diet because I totally sympathize um within the beginning how difficult that can be. Mm. But it's really I think our health experiences have been like, whoa. Yeah, I can I can just eat a little bit less takeout. <laughs> mm. Not that big of a deal. Yeah, and yours are very stricter because you've also got the capacity to sort of go in that direction. Yeah. 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 Um, and I mean, we've talked a lot about, um, you guys working and stuff. How do you even, are you even cognizant of how you like balanced work and life when you were, I, do, I still don't and, know and now, how yeah. I do it. I, cause now I feel like I, cause I still have a full-time job and basically have a, I basically have two full-time jobs because yep. I work in an office, um, which is a great gig and I'm very addicted to the health insurance and the retirement plan mm-hmm. and all of the things. And I know I need to pull a BB and, you know, jump ship at some point, but Take the I, uh, there are parts of it and, and I'm super just like invested in yeah, the company that I work yeah, for. Of course. Um, and so on top of that, I also am shooting all the time mm-hmm. and it's like, I, shoot usually both days on the weekend. I shoot weddings and then I'll like be in the studio shooting like boudoir stuff. Mm. And then I spend my weeknights editing after work so that I can deliver the galleries to people. So, um, and in the summer when we have longer days, I'll shoot at night after work too, because it's light until like eight 30 or nine. So you can actually get like a full session. And I have started prioritizing sleep, which is great. Um, but it just, I don't, it slows down my workflow. I don't know. I don't know what it, I just, I work, I work too much and I, I know that I do. need to set boundaries, but I do love what I do. So it's very hard. Yeah. And it's very physical. Yeah. Like your, your day your, job is mostly sedentary, but your 
creative job is very physical. Like yeah. you're, you're on set. Physically and, yeah. shooting all day. Yeah. You're like, but you can follow Becca's Instagram and it's just like, she's just like bent over or like on the ground or like above you standing <laughs> on a bed, like mm. following you around on your wedding day. It's a lot of movement. Yeah. yeah. So there's, even when you get your health in order to be like, this is pretty manageable. I know what I can get away with now. I know what I can't sort of a thing for you to, now you have to battle the, oh, how do I prioritize me over my emotional dependability, which is like to my job or to my friends yeah. or to my And do you think partner. that pressure is more when you're female too? Because oh, for sure. There's so much writing on it, right? Yeah. yeah. And I, I will say the thing that I've noticed, <clears throat> excuse me, um, a lot more recently because a lot of my issues are like inflammation based, mm. right? And like my inability to like detox too. But I... Uh, have tendonitis in my wrist, and it was just like it's well, been that's like, a nice addition. It's just been like a little thing a here and there, the like you know, oh, you. I used to do calligraphy. I gave that up because like it, it hurt too much to do you all were, of those you're things. A very good calligrapher too. Thank you. Thank the two you. of you had a thing that you were doing together. We you did. Know? Yeah, we were, we're like we were like let's start another business, and then we were like fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> we're very busy people. You can't. Yeah. Um, not smart. Right. But now. so I have really had to start prioritizing like my wrist health, which seems like a crazy thing, but it's my right wrist and I hold hold my camera with it. It is like, I can't, I was having like such difficulty just functioning in my daily life. I couldn't turn the steering wheel. I couldn't like turn a doorknob. Um, and so, yeah, I have a brace and I've been doing acupuncture and cupping and that super helps. And, uh, I'm supposed to get surgery, but we'll like see what happens. I also had somebody, I don't want to go into detail on this, but I don't know the details yet, but somebody, uh, another photographer friend just reached out to me because she does a lot of like fitness and like body work stuff. Mm. Um, and she just shot somebody who with her camera, who, uh, (laughs) who apparently gave her like the most amazing body work session of her life and like fixed some like photography related injuries that she had. Very interesting. So she was like, please, before you go on surgery, just like talk to this person. I was like, I'm always granola first. Right. So I'm going to talk to this dude before, um, I schedule the surgery. Well, and speaking of granola, which is easy to pack in a sandwich bag, (laughs) you guys both travel a lot for work. Um, especially you, BB, because of being on the road. Um, but also Becca, when you're traveling for weddings and stuff like that. So how do you, I mean, I know you've got Will as an advocate when you're going places, but how do the two of you make sure that you're eating foods that you can digest when you're on the road? Um, it's, very challenging, but I think when you've come as far as we have and you know what's at stake if you don't, mm-hmm. you make it work. I have a whole yeah. hashtag called hashtag how do you eat on the road because mm-hmm. people are constantly asking me this. So I started taking pictures of my food. Yeah. It's not glamorous. I mm-hmm. love cooking. So when I'm home, I'm like, what would you like? A pot roast? Like, I'm just like crazy <laughs> cooking. I'm making like salads every night. I'm like massaging the greens. <laughs> It's like, this is not a pour it on and go situation. Like Mm. we are gourmet into it. But when I'm on the road, I travel with like six hard boiled eggs and like a Tupperware full of butter and like Himalayan pink salt. And I, when I can have them because there's dates in a lot of the food bars that I can eat because I'm completely grain free. Um, 
still, unless I'm having an indulgence, like I really don't have grain in my regular diet. Mm. Um, I'll have beer too. Like no, no beer, right? No gluten at all. No gluten at all. And no like rice even, Mm. not even like millet or amaranth or quinoa can I do? Because for me, I have carbohydrate malabsorption still. And that's one of the things I'm still figuring out. Quinoa Because like, that's a seed. Yeah. But the way that it reacts in my body is still like a grain would be. So, um, Cause I can eat like sunflower seeds. I know it's like mm. still a mystery. So as far as you get, you're still like, there's another thing to do. Um, but it's, a, it's a good lesson in like, if it looks like a carb, right. Even <laughs> if it's if a seed, it eats like a carb and you feel like a carb yeah. afterwards, if it's kind of like a carb to you, it's a carb. And by the way, couscous is pasta. Enjoy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. Couscous was what I ate in college because I thought I had graduated out of spaghetti. And just <laughs> Oh, motherfuckers, I eat gnocchi. It's just potatoes. <laughs> just kidding. Crepes are pancakes. Uh, so I do. I will be. taught yeah. <laughs> It's a really steep learning curve. It really is. I mean, when people are like, oh, I just can't. Like, I totally get it. Yeah. Um, and you only probably will when you really need to. So, but the, the key the it force is like, with you. Yeah, the force is with you, and it sounds like the key there is preparation. Totally. I mean, for me, and I, I won't speak for Becca, but I'm sure she'll agree because you also want to like make sure your blood sugar doesn't get fucked up when you're like in a healing phase, especially early. Like, mm-hmm. just have food with you. If it, if you can tolerate Lara bars, some people can't because there's nuts in them. Maybe you can't have nuts. Mm-hmm. Some I try to. Some, RX bars I have too. RX bars, but there's dates in those. So right now I can't have those because I'm on a candida cleanse at the moment. Fun. So it's like bulletproof bars are fine. Um, there's mm-hmm. nuts in those. So if you can't tolerate nuts, but like bulletproof bars right now for me are fine. Cause it's so fat heavy, mm-hmm. but like they're not as fun to eat. They sort of crumble. So it's like irritating. But if I have to eat a bulletproof bar or be on a plane for Just four hours and starve, like <laughs> yeah. I'll bring a bulletproof bar mm-hmm. or, and I don't want to speak for anybody because depending on the situation, sometimes the situation is like, eat something that's like maybe not the best but also not the worst so that you're fucking eating like you also don't want to eat because your body literally needs nutrients to heal itself and if you're already having a compromised digestive system or thyroid system or you know brain axis system you aren't going to get anything if you don't put it in your body so Mm -hmm. sometimes it's six of one half dozen of the other don't be too perfect i did that in the beginning it will stress you out and stress is literally the worst thing it really it's is. like not sleeping and stress trump your diet yeah then your diet then the rest of your lifestyle yeah then drugs but sometimes it takes doctors yeah and it takes all of that journey to realize yeah when stress when yes. you're shitting yourself because you're stressed i can only say that now and stress is still like hello i'm still here yeah and I'm the hardest thing to get rid of. There's no pill for me. I am fully aware <laughs> that not working 90 hours a week will probably help my health. Yeah. <laughs> I just like, haven't gotten there yet. That's my gentle suggestion to Becca. I'll be like, do you think maybe <laughs> stress yeah. could be why you're not detoxing so much? She's, She's like, like, I love it. I love it. It's like, probably. <laughs> this is really fulfilling most of the time. <laughs> well, okay. So we're talking about like things you put in your body, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about body image? Because we sort of started getting into it. So, like, let's get into this now. Let's dig in. Because not just in the sense that, like, we're females and we live in this America. But also in terms of what your bodies have taught you Mm -hmm. that you've reacted to. I mean, I know Becca was saying that she was like, I was anorexic and trying to convince people I wasn't bulimic. You know, like, (laughs) God 
forbid they think I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, aside from these diseases being very big triggers for eating disorders, mm. how have you worked on healing that psychological impact? I think that if there is a silver lining in any of this journey for me, um, and everything that I've been through in the last five years, it is that I have done a deep dive into body positivity. That is what I've gotten out of this. (laughs) I mean, I, yeah, I grew up dieting all the time. And obviously, like we talked about, I had eating disorders and all of that. And when I started gaining weight and was sick and was frustrated and couldn't figure out why my body wasn't working for me the way that I thought it was supposed to work for me. Mm. Um, I was just like, it was just like making me spiral and spiral and spiral and spiral down. Um, and somehow, and I don't remember exactly what it was. I was going to a lot of yoga and I think I found Dana Falsetti first, Mm. uh, Nola trees. She's fucking amazing. I went to one of her workshops um, she's a great Instagram in account. You she should follow her. It's great. Yoga so, for all bodies. Yes. So I started following her um, and just started getting like a really raw, like body positive message from her. And her pictures are gorgeous. And so mm. I saw the woman who takes a lot of her photos is Cheyenne Gill. Also amazing. <sighs> but I love you, Cheyenne. Mm. Um so I started following Cheyenne and through that and through like her prodding, she's like so outspoken about body image and just like changing what's normal, like changing your fucking social media feed, mm-hmm. change what images you're looking at every day. Um, and like further to that, I started following them because you did, cause I saw them on your feed mm-hmm. and started following them on Instagram and like they've almost sort of put me into well they put me into a deep dive with uh-huh. that and it's so productive yes yeah. so thank you for that I Continue. completely changed my Instagram feed and I don't spend yeah. a lot of time on Facebook I never go on Twitter but Instagram I'm a photographer it's like where I like to live I love mm-hmm. looking at visuals what's and, your handle? <laughs> Becca Murray photo oh <laughs> thanks, thanks so much um, <laughs> dot com <laughs> uh, so yeah, I started following them and through them started just like following a lot of other, I don't, differently bodied people and mm-hmm. people, you know, disabled people, women of color, other like activists in different forums and just trying to like change the bodies that I am seeing on a regular basis, especially naked bodies or mm-hmm. bodies in swimsuits or mm-hmm. lingerie or whatever and just trying to remove the stigma that I had Mm. around body image. And my idea was, and I think that like, obviously, you know, it's always a work in progress, but it's, if I can start to see that person Mm. as beautiful and no longer judge them for no longer health troll people. Cause that's what I was mm-hmm. doing to everyone. Right. Just being like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's great that you love yourself. But like, well, that. yeah, like maybe <laughs> like you're just not healthy though. Like it's mm-hmm. just about being healthy. I'm doing little like prayer hands She's, here. Namaste. Namaste. Namaste away from the judgment. But like, yeah, I was, I was totally just like coming down on people from the quote health angle and removing that from the equation and being like, I don't know anything about your body. You don't know anything about my fucking body. Like I deserve to live 
in this body with respect and dignity and take up as much goddamn space as I need to take up in this mm-hmm. world. And I don't yeah. need to make myself smaller to placate you. Right. Did if you I'm hear that? Or if I'm well, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Did you guys, did you guys hear that? <laughs> take, take that in. Like that's really huge. It's, uh, it's hard. It is daily work. Mm-hmm. Um, but what does that daily work look like for you? Uh, well, I'm in <laughs> several kinds of therapy. <laughs> hey, I think therapy is the most important like, uh, through all of this. That extra support is like, yeah, yeah. Wherever you get your support, I literally, I'm, I have been directed to, and I do this now every day, which is very hard, just to like look at yourself naked and just like give yourself. I love like, you, just I love like, you, I love touch you. yourself. And like, it doesn't have to start with love. It can start with like noticing. Mm-hmm. How do I feel? Mm-hmm. How do I feel when I look at this thing? Why do I feel this way when I look at this thing? Mm-hmm. Why do I feel this way in my body? Is there something happening? Did I eat something that's like making me feel sick? Am mm-hmm. I about to shit my pants? Is that why like mm-hmm. I don't feel great right now? Am I not shitting? <laughs> Is that also making me super bloated? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and there you can start to recognize the difference between I feel ill because I have gut issues and I have mold illness and I am sick and I feel disgusted because I hate my body and those because my body is working I think this is the part that really clicked for me too is my body is working so goddamn hard to heal Mm -hmm. and I guys did you hear that one too like this is like this is a lean into the mic minute because this is a really important point because I think a lot of people who go through health crises Mm. We sort of come out on the other end, like, look how great this body is. It kept me alive, yeah. Yes, despite all of of that. Well, and I think I initially I did I swung the opposite way. I was like, I feel, and I feel like you can do this with like autoimmune issues. You're like, what are you doing to me, body? Like, you're You're not responding. You're attacking me. You're attacking yourself. Why are you? Why are you not making me healthy? Why are you making me sick? I hate and you. And that's like, you default. started it. Yeah. yeah. And that's the default our response, right? Like, that's like the first response. Yeah. yeah. You stupid body, damn it. Yes. You know? And obviously, so I just want to, because I made a joke, but I was like, use the body. It was like, you started it. Some people have autoimmune problems that stem from just genetics. It's not your fault. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For us, we started with yeah. some drugs that we probably shouldn't have been ingesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think that like those accounts specifically really helped me to sort of change the narrative. And I had the opportunity in the spring, um, this year to work with Cheyenne. I went to her workshop in Philly, um, and met her and she is a light and, um, just, I met this amazing group of women from all over the country. All these photographers, just seven of us came together and spent two days, like really just diving into body positive photography. Cause if we're all, you know, capable photographers, we know how to use mm-hmm. our camera and how to take pictures, but it was about the message and about how to like really internalize that and make your business about that from like a real standpoint and not from like a, it's trendy to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think that really trying to explain the difference to people. And I know this can be, hard as someone because I do live in a privileged body regardless right I am a you know able-bodied white American woman mm. who can shop in a straight size store if on the like larger end of that mm. but like 
I can. That's a, another. Did you guys hear that? Yeah. Check your privilege. Yes. There is a difference between how I feel about my body mm. and how someone who walks around in like what, you know, ever bullshit medical definition of obesity is like in a fat body, mm. in a like in a society that like systematically oppresses those people, discriminates against those people, not only on like a you know, social level, but also mm-hmm. on like in the medical field and all of that. There's so much discrimination against fat people. Um, and I say, I say fat as like a reclaimed word. I yeah. would just like to state that too. The only reason, if you have a reaction to me using the word fat, it's because you have a problem with the word fat. It's yeah. Your, it's, you tell them, Becca. <laughs> it's just an observation. It's, it's just a word. Yeah. It's like calling BB blonde or, you know, mm-hmm. you were ginger. Yep. It's like. I'm not for real. <laughs> <laughs> More of a dirty blonde. <laughs> it's just an adjective. It only has meaning because you give it meaning. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I think that also just like trying to normalize bodies and create a space where Specifically, like, fat women can feel empowered uh, to, like, be in their bodies, in their sexuality, and feel themselves is what I really want to get across in my photography. Everyone deserves that. Yeah. So, I mean, I was going to ask you guys if your experience had turned into advocacy on a larger scale, but it sounds like, obviously, for you, that's turned into body-positive photography. Yeah. And, BB, you started a blog because of all this. Yeah, I was just like, if I can save anybody any time or money by being like, try this before you go see somebody, Mm. then you can do it on your own. I always say food first, and that's what Dr. Ruscio also, uh, the functional medicine doctor that we saw in the Bay, Mm. um, that's his stance too, and I really still believe that. If people are like, I I don't feel great, or like, I can't poop, or I poop too much, (laughs) I'm always like... A really great book to read is The Paleo Cure by Chris Kresser. Mm. It's not preachy, in my opinion. I sent it to Becca when she was still a vegetarian, and I was like, look, this book is not going to tell you to not be a vegetarian. It's just going to be like, these are the foods that have these nutrients. These are the ones that are the most bioavailable to your body. Mm. And then it tells you how to do an elimination diet. And it's not as crazy as the ones that we started with. So it's Mm. like, essentially... It encourages paleo to start, um, and then if you have issues beyond that, you can. But absolutely, like, just communicating with people that if you don't feel good, you can do something about it. Mm-hmm. The condition of being alive does not have to be uncomfortable or painful or or emotionally unstable. And not like, you, sometimes you might need a little science, which mm-hmm. is what Becca told me once, and that's true. Like, I'm not telling anybody to, like, go off their... Um, no, depression medication. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't get us started on that. When we go to Western doctors and they're like, I believe in science. And we're like, so do we, bitch. Don't fucking start with me. I actually, I saw one super shitty doctor a couple years ago when I was looking for a new neurologist after my old one retired. And he was so horrendous. I left him a one-star review on Yelp with like a oh, very, yeah. very long review. <laughs> and then a follow-up to that once I found doctors that I liked being like, hey, I'm not going to leave it on here because I don't know if it's like allowed with Yelp like delete that if you leave somebody else's information on like something. Yeah. I don't know. Wasn't sure. So I was just like, hey, you can feel free to send me an email if you uh, want information. I still get weekly emails from Yelp. <gasps> I had to turn on my Yelp notifications because I have notification. I don't have any notifications on on my phone so that I don't get distracted by it. Yeah. Also stress. And I randomly went on to like look at a restaurant one day and I just had an inbox full of like a year and a half's worth of messages. I felt so bad. I wrote back to all these people. I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And like 
sent them all this information. But all of these people, they're just searching. They're grasping at straws. They're searching for themselves, for their kids, for their partners, yeah. trying to find a doctor who will listen to them. Oh, yeah. my God. And well, that's how a lot of people end up in functional, yeah. with functional medicine practitioners, right? Because, yeah. I mean, the common experience from what I'm hearing, even from the functional medicine practitioners themselves, when the patients get to them, is that people have really frustrating experiences in the disease model yeah. of the U.S. healthcare system. Mm-hmm. Um, and are seeking more. They've quote unquote tried everything and yeah. that's how they end up there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it would be great if functional medicine were considered something worth covering uh, on insurance. Uh, what, what's crazy, my doctor actually, she is an are, MD yeah. and Some she are, yes. is, yeah, she was covered by my insurance before I switched to Kaiser. So that is why I started going there. When and I, I really, that's amazing. The doctor that I got chelation from was covered. So her fee was covered by my insurance, but mm-hmm. none of those methods were covered because they're not like Tests. FDA approved. Um, which, you know, that's a grain of salt. If that's up to you to decide where you're at with that. But yeah, it's like, oh, I think that it's actually really telling that a lot of functional medicine doctors and nutritionists and health practitioners, um, sort of in this functional world were sick Sick. themselves often. And then are like, I healed. I mean, it's one of the reasons I started the blog. Mm. You get inspired when you reclaim your health by your own advocacy and your own power when someone else wouldn't necessarily listen to you. Mm. Um, the reason Dr. Ruscio found the parasite in me was yeah. being the, like one of the first things he tested for is because he had a parasite. That's what made him yeah. like he switch was gonna, to functional medicine. He went to school to be like a physical therapist or some sort of sports medicine doctor. And he got so sick and like almost died or something from like an amoeba. Yeah. And then became a functional medicine doctor. And he is one of the four, one of the leading functional medicine doctors now in the United States. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, it's really inspiring to just have people that you're like, oh, you're going to listen to me and you're doing this because you're actually passionate about it instead of like, I went to medical school to be a doctor. Not that you're not passionate about medicine, but I know how much nutritional fucking information that you get in school. And I know that a lot of the things that I have done and that Becca has done, most doctors don't believe work, <laughs> yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and I was shocked when my I luckily when I had insurance, uh through work so that it was a little bit more affordable. I was able to go to a gastroenterologist for my endoscopy and colonoscopy. And I was fucking floored that when I went in there, cause I just chose like the closest doctor to work slash that was in Beverly Hills because I was like this office will maybe have the, mo- I love how like the way we choose is like their appearance. And I was like, look, yeah. yeah. so <laughs> I went to like the nicest office that I could find and, and went in and was like, here's all the stuff that I've done. And the fact that they even knew what a low FODMAP diet was, they were yeah. like, Oh my God, you're so much better than most of our patients. They won't change their diet at all. And I was like, if these people have like Crohn's and ulcerative colitis and they're not even willing to consider changing their diet. Like it's literally what's making you sick every day. Yeah. If you stop eating, if you have fucking celiac disease and you stop eating gluten, you will recover. Mm. You will recover. If you eat healthful nutrient dense mm. food and you remove the offending substance, yeah. you will get better. Well, and it's so, very interesting that you're also saying that like when you met compassion, you paid that forward. Yeah. It's a, well, it's inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I mean, we're talking about invisible illness now. You guys talk about it in what you're doing, mm-hmm. you know. Is talking the cure? Like, how, how do we make people more aware of these conditions that people are suffering with in silence in a lot of cases? Yeah, I mean, I think that talking about it is because you have to remove yeah. the stigma. 
yeah. around it. Yes. Um, sure. And you have to remove the idea that because someone looks healthy, they are healthy. Mm-hmm. And conversely, that because someone looks whatever your idea of, quote, unhealthy is, that they're unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Both of those are bullshit assumptions. Yeah. Yeah. And I think information is the cure. Yeah. You know? Like, just informing yourself of changing your perspective. Mm. Broadening your options. Whether that's on social media, through community, whatever yeah. that works for you. Through Yeah, through books, through mm. trying different diets, through information on, you know, even my, like Mind Body Green, like health blog websites. Some, mm-hmm. Like there's information out there that is free that mm. you can get. And if you can surround yourself with that. And like even just looking up your symptoms and not going on WebMD. Yeah. <laughs> we talk about you're going to die. Cancer. Yeah. <laughs> Cancer. But if you but if you really look online, I mean, so many people have found my blog just because I totally um, have ev- everything that I've gone through. Like I've documented just to be like, this is how I feel right now. This is how I felt when it was over. I'm so stoked. This is working. And later, I'm like, cool. That worked a little bit, but also now I'm dealing with this. So like. There's no one answer, mm. and if you can put out that information or have conversations with people about their perceptions, you know, it's just that collective information that we're all sharing with yeah. one another. And, and being proactive in your search for information and knowing yeah. that, like, mm-hmm. you have to be your first advocate. Yes, that always. Yeah. That's And whenever I respond to those Yelp people who write to first me, it's always, like, just, like, I wish you, like, I'm sending you all the healthful vibes and, like, just continue to be your own mm. best advocate because, mm-hmm. like... You are going to encounter these shitty doctors along the way, but like you have to know how you feel. You are the only person who can advocate for yourself. Like and that. also, like you guys are offering all that information for free, which right? Is, that's some good karma. <laughs> You're gonna have coming back. To I you. mean, we've spent a shit ton of money. Like if we could, if we can help anybody somebody else, save yeah, half of what we spent. I mean, the other part of this is. I get heated, as you can tell from this whole conversation, because I'm I'm angry that I was allowed to get into this situation. Yeah. That people that I didn't, when I didn't know better, and I was young, and even when my parents were my advocates, you're going to trust someone who has a, a medical degree. Mm-hmm. So the fact that like I'm in this scenario, and now still in my 30s, I have to defend the choices that I make. And mm-hmm. to to lay people, I'm like, you can go fuck yourself. Like mm-hmm. I know what food makes me feel good. I'm going to do this even though it's uncomfortable for you or it's weird that I like brought my own food somewhere. Mm. That That's fine. You can go do what you feel You're comfortable not apologetic with. apologetic about it. Yeah. I'm going to do what's best for me because I've learned what, ha- what happens if I don't the hard way, which is the yeah. other reason why we share the information. Mm-hmm. And just side note, when you do get very zealous, it can be annoying to people. <laughs> If you what? try to help them and they aren't asking for it. And that took me, and I, I'm like swallowing so much of my own bullshit right now because it took me like a lot, like 10 years for me to like not tell everyone how to do everything. <laughs> not just about food. So the blog yeah. was a very productive and healthy way for me to share my experience in an honest way. If people wanted information, I'm like, cool, cool, cool. Here's my blog. If you want to read about it, I'm more than happy to help you. Yeah. I'm here to give you resources. I'll send you doctors. I'll get you in touch with my friends, whatever, wherever you are in the country. I'll help you find mm-hmm. one um, because I'm not a doctor, but I will help you listen to yourself and like stand up for yourself. That's amazing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just important and it's avoidable for the most part in a lot of cases um, mm. that you can, you can do a lot for yourself before you need to really 
get in get in there with like the Western medicine area. And then when you're there, <laughs> or maybe just don't even. That's yeah. what you're saying. <laughs> well, like sometimes you sometimes you sort of have to work with yeah. them depending on your financial situation. Oh, sorry, that's why and I got depending on your like. You know, if we're going to talk about invisible illness, like obviously, like depression and like things like that yeah. are, you know, and I'm I'm never going to tell anybody to like go get off their meds. That's nope. not like a thing. So like Western medicine is going to serve you very well in that. Like we have done some really great research around, you mm-hmm. know, our serotonin and dopamine and how our, you know, body chemistry is working in different people and yeah. like, what causes different psychological diseases. And yes, a lot of it can be linked to your gut, That's but yep. yeah, I just so much of want to yeah, yeah. clarify that too, that yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. your personal preference. Like my personal preference is I want to be on as little pharmaceuticals as possible because what pharmaceuticals are is just a higher, more concentrated dose of compounds that are found in nature that we know to help support these systems in our body. And the way that you take them is by overloading your liver's ability to process it so that it works. Mm -hmm. So there are other ways, I'm not saying to go after any depressants either, but I was also depressed. I also had like panic attacks and anxiety and they went away when I changed my diet. Mm -hmm. Do I still get stressed? Yes, of course. Are there other methods now that I use personally, whether it's a supplement, um, an herbal supplement, whether it's uh, like an herbal tincture, mm-hmm. those things can be really helpful if you get yourself to a point where you are not debilitated by your mental health in a state where you don't where also you need those. Also, my doctor and I really liked this a lot. My functional medicine doctor. So uh, when I was going, what of starting the mold protocol, and I was like getting super exhausted again because, and I had just been through the the uh, yeah, mercury so lead stuff, mercury lead. Okay. yeah, which had like destroyed me. Um, she was like, do you, have you ever thought about going back on new vigil? And I was like, no, I really want to like keep that. Like we're, I don't want to like put a bandaid on it and try and like make it seem like I'm better when I'm like trying what I want to know when my symptoms get better. Right. Like I want to be able to feel that. And she was like, yes. And (laughs) a bandaid is better than a gaping wound. Yeah. She was like, if Hmm. your body we're are we're doing the work Mm -hmm. so like if we can remove some of the stress and exhaustion that is like pushing you down into this hole and make you able to go to work and function in your daily life Mm. then like let's just put you back on medicine for a little while your body will be working to heal itself and then we can remove that and see if you're feeling better and if you're not we'll like keep going down that thing but like let's just let's give you a little bit of a band-aid cure because you know, I was just, I was getting so exhausted that I was getting to a point where it was difficult yeah. to function. And then you don't have the energy to make the healthful food choices. Right. You don't have the energy to move your body. You don't have the right. energy to get up and go to work. You don't have the energy to respond appropriately to your partner or your friends. And you start getting snippy and yeah, it starts affecting everything. So I just, I think that there is a place for that and to recognize where that line exists right. for you. I, do, I am currently back on my speed. I don't <laughs> want to be on it forever, and I'm on a very small dose. Yeah. And I only take it on days like this morning where I felt like there was a magnet holding me to my bed. Yeah. Where I was like, I will not be able to get up. Yeah. yeah. So it's important to, to know. Exactly. Yeah. That's the main point. Listen to your body. Be your own health advocate. Yeah. If I don't take probi- probiotics, I contemplate suicide 80% of the day. Mm. Becca was like, um, maybe you should go back on here. <laughs> I love what that's the voice I do for you. Um, yeah. Do you want to go? Maybe you should go back on antidepressants like 
you know, science isn't, or pharmaceuticals aren't like the villain. And I was yeah. like, I know that this is some, something's out of whack for me because I feel this way. I'm not going to do anything, but I am thinking about it a lot. And I deduced mm. finally that it was like when I don't take probiotics all the time, mm. after about a couple of weeks, I start to be like, what is the point of everything? <laughs> We're just destroying yeah. the planet. I don't know. So beyond the advocacy that we were talking about. It's also important from my perspective and in my opinion to be politically active in this area. Like it is important to make sure that the people that represent us know that healthcare that encompasses things like this are covered, mm-hmm. that, that it's affordable for people. I'm still on a comp, like a totally catastrophic insurance plan. It fucking doesn't cover anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm in a band. I pay like $260 a month for insurance, which doesn't sound a lot to people that I'm going to sure say, have children. Yeah. But let me tell you, when you're touring around the country and you can't use it, it's yeah. only for like if I get in a car accident, it's like just in case you won't get bankrupt. Like, how is that helpful? Yeah. And when we were going through this, none of the supplements were covered. Do you think that working on the road all the time or Very when, you, when you do go switch over to your creative career as your main thing when that lovingly happens. It's like <laughs> supplements. You've been giving each other gentle suggestions this whole time. Sometimes, sometimes like, sometimes those supplements can be, you know, okay, it's 50 bucks. Sometimes it's like, this is going to be $300 a month for like the next three months. Like that's a fucking lot of money on top of the fact that you're spending more money on food. That's higher quality. So mm-hmm. your budget there is going up. It's like this stuff that is keeping us alive and healthy and productive in our country should not be bankrupting us. And it is, it is one of the main causes of bankrupting people. It's like fucking healthcare. Well, and I will go beyond healthcare and just say the food system to mm-hmm. like trying to create healthful or like make sure that healthful food choices. And when I say healthful, I'm not trying to like dictate what exactly right. people are That's eating, up to your but body. just mm-hmm. making sure that like fresh produce and, you know, like food without chemicals and preservatives and sugar and corn and soy in it mm, is available yeah. to people yeah. um, because that's also what's causing so many problems and just like subsidies for, you know, corn and soybeans and all of that jazz and all the money that the sugar industry sunk into making all of us believe that fat was evil and that mm. sugar was fine um, until it like destroyed us. You know, it just there's we're reaping the rewards still. We are. <laughs> and I think, yeah, getting to politicians, representatives, whatever, and making sure that they understand, like, where we want our money to go mm-hmm. yeah. is important. And, and that's, that's part of the advocacy. Yeah, and part sure. of your educational absolutely yeah, on this one, too. Absolutely. So I like to end with some top three lists, as everyone's probably getting used to at this point. <laughs> so I'm scared of this part. <laughs> no, this is part. This is my like easy part. Do you guys have, each of you individually, top three tips for people who think they might have something off? Like, what are the top three things that you're like, go do this right now? My my first go-to, let's go one, two, three at a time. Okay. My first go-to is always read this, read that book. Read the personal paleo. The, the paleo care. The pa- it used paleo to be care. called personal paleo code, and now it's called the paleo care. It's by Chris Presser. Mm-hmm. Again, it's not preachy. It's just super informative. It sort of tells you how you absorb food, what's in it, what's bioavailability, what does that even mean, how to do an elimination diet. Because I do think food first for my own personal mm. opinion. What's your first thing? Yeah, well, I was going to say a blanket elimination diet of some sort mm. that depends on how you currently eat. Like, if you if you are a vegan and, you know, you rely really heavily on, like, fake processed meats or something, like, maybe just do, like, 
all natural foods. Like if you're, you know, I'm not going to say like whole 30 is the answer for people, but like if you are a person who eats a lot of processed foods, maybe try that and right. see if that's the first step. If you mm. still feel crappy, see what else you like. Yeah. Really like journal your food. I was like, I never, I, I grew up, you know, doing Weight Watchers and then writing down everything I eat. And so I, for a long time was like, oh, that's going to be so yeah, I can't like triggering, triggering mm-hmm. for me to go back and like really put me in that mindset. I know it's a little bit crazy, but I have an app that oh. I started using, um, that's just called U8, Y-O-U-A-T-E. And it's like an intuitive eating app. And you just take a picture of your food mm. and you create a goal for yourself. So like, you know, it can be like, I reduce bloating or whatever, like, or I just don't vomit or poop today, poop you know, today. <laughs> like, whatever your thing is, yeah. you just create that goal. And then you, t- you take a picture of your food and you just get to say whether the food was on your path or off of your path. So oh, it's not so much better than And yeah. so it's not like it's yeah. And so and that it's way, not like weight loss motivated no, or anything. No, it's just I'm like that app yesterday. How <laughs> how did this make me feel? And like yeah. you know, and that way I can also go back and be like, okay, like I wasn't feeling great that day. What did I have? And without having to be like, I had seven, you know, sp- ice cream cones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah, like, right. yeah, whatever. For the people thing who is. don't journal or track, they're like, I don't fucking know how big a cup is. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And when you want to just really listen. to to your body, you don't want to be worried about all of those other things that come with so much baggage when you mm, grow up in like right. a diet focused society. Right. Oh my God. And it sort of spreads, it can spread the wrong message. Whereas you're trying to like deduce a symptom as opposed to turning it into something yeah. else. So like for me, I, sorry, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I, uh, don't apologize for anything. <laughs> Take um, up your space. So I have a lot of sugar problems. I know that I don't deal well with sugar. I, Within five minutes of eating, like sweets of any sort, I start burping and like I'm I just. Right you now. guys, we all have sugar problems. Yeah, I was yeah. about to say the same thing. <laughs> but I know, but mine are just very, very extreme. Specific symptoms. I'm for the rest of us, it's an addiction problem. It's literally cocaine for your brain. <laughs> so I went to. Tastes so good. This- <laughs> <laughs> I love ice cream so much. <laughs> but I went to this esthetician mm. um, that BB. Saw and then sent me to because oh she's yes. amazing. Solin of Solin Skincare. Skin. Yeah. Okay. Fit, skin fitness. Skin fitness. She is amazing and she's in Burbank. So we had like, you know, our consult before she gave me my first facial and just like, you know, do you have any skin issues? I was like, I generally have like pretty good skin. I'm like not too worried about it. I don't really break out any of that. I was like, she's like, do you ever get dry? And I was like, yeah, actually, the only thing that ever really happens, which is super weird, is I, my nose will just like peel off in like a sheet. Like, a whole sheet of my nose will come off at once. And she was like, oh, that's glycation. And I was like, you want what? <laughs> and she was like, it's a sugar allergy. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, I don't I don't actually really eat sugar because I'm really sensitive to it. She's like, also nightshades. And I was like, oh. what? Wait, she is like a guru. Yeah. So then I and started like noticing. Like and also, we give it the stamp of approval, it's safe for your face. And also, like, your, both of your faces look really yeah, fucking great. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, it was insane. I started noticing that when that was happening, it was always, I would wake up on a wedding day, right? Like, it's like, I would be at the rehearsal dinner, I would drink mm-hmm. too much rosé, have a slice of cake, do all the things. I would wake up on the day of the wedding, and my whole nose would peel off. And I was like, why is that happening? Because I fucking ate sugar on, like, a time when I don't normally have it. And I thought it was stress. I thought it was all these other things. And so then, you know, I wasn't really having sugar at all. And I was like, it's still happening sometimes. And she was like, nightshades. So then I started, yeah, I started realizing, like, if I had, like, a tomato-heavy meal or anything like that, it just 
So like Next really day. like no pasta. Stop with the pasta. Yeah, I know. Very bad Unless idea for me. In Italy, went to Italy last year. Yeah, you ate all the food there. Nothing bothered me. Because it's all processed differently. Oh my god. Okay, but also if I go anywhere, I still can't fucking eat anything. So that's just to say everybody's body is different. It is. And beautiful. (laughs) That's right. And beautiful. (laughs) Okay, so we only did our top one. Sorry. So the top one. The second one is Sybil, right? (laughs) Sybil's two and three. No. It is good to mention though, it's like here's another way for you to be your own health advocate. It's like your fucking skincare is tied to the rest of your body's health. So what what we are using used to in western medicine is like you go to this doctor for your brain you go to this doctor for your butt you go to this doctor for your <laughs> for your guts your butt yeah. and your guts are connected yeah why are you seeing two different doctors yeah, yeah. your yeah. hemorrhoids and i'm not saying i'm looking at lauren but i'm just saying in general you hemorrhoids in general are connected to other things yeah like I know, you know some people in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I know some people in my life that get hemorrhoids, and it's like it's not just um, Are you connected about, to. You're talking about yourself. This is no. Like, I actually don't. <laughs> I, pooping is like so the opposite of my problem. <laughs> I was always like diarrhea of the mouth, diarrhea of the butt. <laughs> well, I was like, I like pregnant. My skin's super fucked up. I poop all the time. <laughs> now I poop once a day, and it's perfect. It's like a poster poop. <laughs> So really jealous. Once, she once called me into a bathroom to look at her poop. <laughs> no, no, that was when I was doing a parasite cleanse. I it was, was like, to look, look at a parasite that there's she pooped a worm out. In here. But yes. Oh my look god. Look at this poop. We were on vacation too, so I was we like, were. take a sip of your drink, come downstairs, look at my poop. Um, <laughs> we're best friends, you guys. <laughs> also, it's important to talk about this stuff, you guys, because Poops when we okay. don't, when we don't talk about it, whether it's like your relationship, whether it's your health, it's like we aren't going to learn if we don't communicate with one another. Like mm-hmm. if everything is a dirty little secret, like we're never going to get better. So, yes, pay attention to your skincare. Pay attention to you know, do you have eczema on your legs? Guess what? Eczema is, is an autoimmune disorder. So if you're not taking care of the rest of your body. Symptoms are going to happen. Mm. I am with Becca on the body positivity, and I'm totally um, up. I try to be a fat activist ally because I don't really consider myself a full activist. There are people doing a ton more work than I am. And I will say that for myself, uh, weight gain uh, in a certain way can be a symptom for me. Can mm. be. Right. So the size that your body is, that you feel great, you feel healthy, that's amazing. Like, I'm not judging anybody's weight or size and telling them what's right or wrong. If you notice that you are not changing, if you're consistent with your diet, like you were talking about earlier, and you are gaining weight sort of unexpectedly um, or losing weight unexpectedly, like those are things to pay attention to. And they may or may not be symptoms. Like that's for you to decide and potentially, mm-hmm. potentially your healthcare provider, if you trust them and they're not fucking assholes. I'm not judging you. Yeah. Um, but just keep that stuff in mind that there's you, there are signs your body will tell you mm. your body will always be telling you it's just we got to figure out how to listen yeah and i think on that i will say my number two are we gonna yeah go to two is is honestly just talking about it like yeah. i think that um i like i did an instagram story before i uh went in for i had to get a colonoscopy mm. it's like super fun when you're like you don't expect to have one for another 20 years you know um so i do that and i did a thing just being like okay so we're gonna like talk about butt stuff because (laughs) you know kind of butt not that kind of butt stuff stuff. um (laughs) but tune in next week (laughs) (laughs) back talks butt stuff (laughs) um but yeah i was like 
just like did a little story and was like not really sure what to expect but like here's the things and like here's what I've been going through with the mold and here's like what all of this stuff is and mm-hmm. the family histories of this whatever and I got so many messages from people being like oh my god I had to have one last year no one told me what to expect do this do this do this when you drink the thing make sure you put it in the fridge and like drink it only when it's cold because it's super gross if it's room temperature it's just like it makes it easier if you have a community and you can create yeah. a community if you just fucking talk to people yes. I've, I understand with colonoscopies too like if you have a twisted colon it will wake you up from your anesthesia oh. so maybe well, check I if to, you have a twisted one before you get it that, they made me I had to do, I had to like pay out of pocket for an MRI because I had to drink barium solution to make sure I didn't have diverticulitis. Mm, well, that's. Or I'm sorry, that's, that's a different thing. I, I make, to make sure I didn't have, um, fissures. Fis, fis, fissures? Yeah, fissures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like when, so the when they spill, they don't. They don't hurt you. Run into things or get lost. Or hurt you so bad that you are woken up woke from, up from a general anesthesia. Yeah, so they had to like MRI, I had to drink a whole thing and take a picture before they even did it. Which is. Smart. Okay, but also it was like, but also take all my take all my money. <laughs> but, but also, if you had woken up from the anesthesia and searing pain, no, not great. Yeah, probably yeah. would have been worse. Yes. All right, number three. Um. Oh, have what? I'm wait. I'm doing a different number two so that people get more things. Oh. So that'll be like top six or top <laughs> five because we had the same number one. Because I would say number two is setting yourself up for success because mm-hmm. there are some people like you can try and make a community and there's sometimes you're like maybe you're in a friend group or a family group that no one believes you or they're they don't experience them themselves and so they just don't quote unquote believe in that like mm-hmm. a health is a religion or something but that's all fine you need to do you so like if you know what's right for you and you need to not go to social events for a little while or you need to bring food with you everywhere or um, do other things that people consider weird, like do you because you are the only person that knows exactly what's right for your body. And you can get information from doctors and from a community of other people and that's amazing and I'm always like open to trying things. Mm. I'm trying so hard to not try to be right all the time. That's just like a personality flaw of mine. Um, You've been right about a lot yeah, of things today. If you so. Can, I have so much trial and error. Yeah. So if you can just like set yourself up for success in mm. that way and give yourself a break because it's not going to be perfect. And again, like that's just going to make things worse for you if you're just like stressed about never messing up. Yeah. Whatever so that means. Whatever if, that if means. If you don't give yourself, if you can't give yourself permission, then BB does. Yes. <laughs> BB yes. gives you the permission. If you'd like to be bossed, give me a call. Oh my God. I should <laughs> She's totally be like very bossy. I should be like a health <laughs> dominatrix. Oh my God. This is, that's amazing. a great title. Put I, it on my website. But yeah. I feel like you could start a whole new new category of business. <laughs> but I don't like, know. I'm going to say the things that I was like jokingly <laughs> Oh my um, god. Alright, number three. Number yeah, three. So number three. Okay, uh yes. So number three, I would say, and I think these two are entirely combined, uh, sleep. Mm. I just I it is vitally important to, you know, healing your yeah. body and so allowing yourself yes. that time. And uh on that, self care is not selfish. Right. Rest is a weapon. 
Yeah. Oh, rest is a so weapon. I know. My therapist was like, it's a very telling about your personality that you have to use like such a such violent imagery about rest. But I was rest like, is, yeah. I have been saying like rest is a tool. Yeah, no, I have to like rest surround myself. No, it's just a if you don't for dismantling the patriarchy yeah. is what it is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I really like where you're going with this. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay, for the more uh, passive people out there, you say that stress management is included in that self-care bubble. Of course. Yeah, and yeah. I think that like a big one. That's a that's a gentle reminder for Becca. Just she like also yep. not from this. <laughs> also, I'm going to do a different number three so we get more things in. What she <laughs> was talking about with um, so complimentary. Yeah, just like trusting yourself and whatever. Like the self care is not selfish thing had to be like a yeah. mantra of mine for a while because as a people pleaser, as someone who's like constantly like doing, doing, doing mm. to take time for myself felt like so selfish and to like turn down social events or whatever it it's was huge. or work yeah. um, and to be like no I need to take care of me can be super hard boundaries are beautiful also, yeah. if you are feeling that way and you're doing a lot of things because you should you might want to look up um, codependent no more it's sort of the bible on codependency because guess what guys I found out this year that even super independent people can be codependent as fuck <laughs> if you're like I work so hard I get my value in my life I'm earning my place on this planet or I feel like I can't say no to things like that's something you might want to look into it's been pretty it's unlocked a lot of things for me this year it's helped me set boundaries that I have literally been unable to do before mm-hmm. I'd be the kind of person why can't I let go of this why can't I let go of this oh because there, this is actually a thing that you mm-hmm. absorbed from people raising you or mm-hmm. as you were growing up sort of a societal thing so yeah. that can maybe that's helpful for some people it's helpful for me that's great. Um, my number three would be to seek help outside of yourself as your own advocate when you need it so if you mm-hmm. do, if you're like I can't do another fucking diet on my own I just can't like fi- like get help find someone if you can't find someone reach out to people like us people like us can help you find people there are plenty of functional medicine practitioners plenty of um, nutritional consultants um, auto autoimmune wellness.com now is one that really helped me Mickey Trescott wrote the autoimmune paleo cookbook and there are websites like that that are like here's where you can start we work with people like you mm-hmm. we can lead you to the right doctor like there are people that are willing to help you so that you don't have to do this on your own because sometimes even just taking sandwiches out of your diet seems like too much to do so or even get a friend who's maybe gung ho and like happy to make a lifestyle change and oh god or get, get yeah. your friend to do it with you and support you and, and be like well, you can't have that ice cream or whatever yeah and I can't or call me if you want ice cream like whatever it is yeah. you know yeah. like they I'll can be sort down. of your sponsor because yeah. I look I was really fortunate and I'm I'm sure Becca feels this way too like we found this when we were relatively young and relatively still healthy enough to make these changes on our own we don't yet have families of our own. Like mm. I can't imagine doing all the stuff that I've done while like raising another child while any children. Does that make inner child? Yes, it was. Um but yeah, like you can still do it too. There are Zesty mm. Ginger on Instagram is a great example. Um Megan of the group Megan and Megan and Alex runs SG Ginger and Megan has two kids and is constantly still dealing with stuff. They literally this week moved into a new house and she's like, our new fucking house has mold in it. We're living in a van mm. in the driveway. We can't move in yet because I'm not going to expose my family because I don't know if they have the gene. They might have the mold yeah. on this gene. So, you know, she knows 
that's a lot of, that's like work, mental load, emotional load all the time. So just get help when you need it so that you aren't overwhelmed. And then on top of that, have stress Mm. more than you already do. Which as we know is the thing that makes things the worst. Oh, the silent killer. Yep. Okay. So another top three list, do you guys cheat on treatment and lifestyle changes? And if so, what's your like favorite guilty pleasure, secret indulgence? Is it that ice cream? Um, I mean, we, it doesn't. We have don't to be say a cheat. Secret. Yeah, actually, what's that, your word instead of cheat? I say um, I'm either eating something that I know is healthful for me, mm-hmm. or I'm having an indulgence. Having an indulgence because for me, doing the good bad sort of tied into the diet culture, and I would it would be really yo yo, and I'd have a lot of shame and like mm-hmm. and just imagine what is happening to the inside of your body if you're into energy work at all. If you are eating something that you think is bad. And then you feel shame about that. You're literally ingesting shame Shame. and then trying to feed your body with it. So that's not Mm going to help you. So when I have an indulgence now, I would say, because I have a different reaction to sugar than Becca does. Mm -hmm. Of course, sugar is like, it will feed anything growing inside you. So like right now I'm battling candida because I just spent the past six months eating and drinking my feelings. (laughs) Because touring is hard, you guys. (laughs) I'm so grateful and very blessed. And also, I love being home too. So I had a lot of ice cream. A lot of mm-hmm. drinks. Um, and so my candida took back over. And so now I'm like getting that back in check. And I had a really great time over those six months, right? So my indulgences would be like ice cream, alcohol. Really having alcohol at all for me is an indulgence. I just feel better when I don't have it. But I love it so much. <laughs> um, I will sometimes have French fries. And I also love popcorn. Mm. And I will eat blueberries by the fucking pound if What's I can. What's wrong with blueberries? You can't have blueberries? I mean, eating a pound of blueberries is not a great well, idea for yeah, no. anybody. It's <laughs> a lot of fruit. That's a lot, that's a lot of sugar. Not a Natural sugars and mm. processed sugars are still sugars. Yeah. So, yeah. while one is uh, more healthful than the other, if you tolerate those kinds of fruits, um, still having too much of it, not great. Especially if you're yeasty. Yeah. yeah. Yep. What about you? Um, wine. Mm. Oh my god, not all wine. the wine. My whole life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. My boyfriend and I just we really like wine. It is a difficult thing. Yeah. To cut out, and it, I can be like doing so well on everything and that and I'll just like I'll make the decision that we're like not buying wine for the house and so if it's not there it's like can't have it and I'll literally be like editing photos and I just want like a glass just like a glass next to me to sip on there's an app for that there's like I started getting wine delivered oh that's how bougie I've become yeah no I know that option exists um yeah but yeah it is very dangerous and so I just like I try to be mindful Mm. about my choices and we even did like a (laughs) I know it's like baby steps right but like we now if we open a bottle at home instead Mm. of just like having it sit next to us while we're like watching tv or something and then just like constantly sort of refilling our glass we pour a glass and keep the bottle in the kitchen yeah and you have to get up and walk across Mm. the house to get back to the bottle to refill your glass to then go back you have to like pause the show you have to do all the things it's like an interruption so you're consciously you're consciously indulging and like having a glass of wine instead of Having two I'm like glasses amateurs of wine just because <laughs> it's there. You know what I mean? Actually, that's Leroy's a great saying idea. Because if it's there, you're like, oh yeah, yeah. we'll have more. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I mean, your kitchen's right there. Ours is like a little. It's like you can't see it, so yes. it feels farther, farther. away. Yeah. yeah. So wine. Yes. What else? 
what are you love cheese? Oh my god, I love cheese. You do a really amazing like cheese charcuterie plate. Guys, look this up. (laughs) She takes pictures of these spreads. Um, they are artworks. It is one of my favorite things. Yes, creating like a table-sized cheese platter. Yeah, it's it's real pretty. Yeah, and, <laughs> and quite tasty. delicious. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, do love cheese, and if, I mean, on that front, pizza is just. I know it's so right. Good. It's like I think. Pizza and tacos are, like, two of my favorite things, but tacos, like, depending on what they're cooked in, Mm. I can tolerate, right? I can have the corn tortillas as long as they're good, and I can have, like, either the vegetables or good quality meat, and um, Mm. I... Oh, no, you know what I would say? My other indulgence is, because with my nightshade issue... Ooh, is yeah. peppers and any sort of spicy food. I yeah. cannot live without spice, and I'm really trying to figure out. I've cut... I don't really eat tomatoes. I don't eat eggplant. I, like, haven't had... You know, all of that stuff has been really easy for me to cut. Mm. Pepper is very, very hard for me. Yeah, that's fair enough. You probably have more foods that you can list, but I wanted to circle back really quickly for wine, mm. for any listeners that are like, I love wine, but I feel like shit when I drink it. Mm. Something that was huge for Becca and I over the past five years was discovering that the commercial wine industry is just like the fucking food pyramid. Yeah. And a lot of wines, especially California, you have to be really careful because... They add up to 72, quote-unquote, generally regarded as safe chemicals oh God. that oh God. people like us that are sensitive to. So let me just... You're make, rocking my world. I'm going to fix your whole life, though. Ready okay. for this? Fix it. If you love wine and you sometimes feel hungover on, like, one or two glasses... Yep. Try... There, literally, there's a company called dryfarmwines.com. They mm-hmm. extensively test every wine they sell. It is not for the faint of budget, but if you like mm-hmm. wine and you care about your health, it is a, an investment that we both did for a short period. We live in Los Angeles where I now, within walking distance, have two wine shops that carry biodynamic, organic, natural wines. So it's really easy for us to find wines now yeah. that they know who was growing it, how it's been grown, what's in the soil, do they do irrigation, is it actually dry farmed? Um, mm. But that company was a super game changer for me. So if that's something that you're worried about losing or you're starting to be like, I love wine, but I'm starting to hate it, I would caution against most delivery services. But that one is delivery and yeah. probably helpful for you. Yes. And, yeah, Will and I made the switch at home to like organic wines and uh, biodynamic when we can. And it has made, Will was at the point where he couldn't have a glass of red wine without yeah. having a splitting headache and feeling super hungover. And we made the switch and he was like, yeah. this is like, this is crazy how much it has like changed his relationship with I'm wine. I'm really excited about this. Yeah. <laughs> I got like an immediate histamine reaction. Yeah. So I'll like, I'm, I, my nose will get so itchy and I don't have traditional allergy so I've got all these other gifts instead um, so that's one way that I can tell and I actually think that I'm sort of like deducing with um, context clues but like I think it has something to do with the candida because fermented drinks will feed yeast so if you are yeasty it's like stick with tequila or vodka for now depending on what you work best with yep. or you know abstain for just a minute mm-hmm. but that's one suggestion and then beyond that if you want to get real crazy Start going through your medicine cabinet and your cleaning products, you guys, because anything you put on your face, if you wouldn't eat it, 
don't put on your skin because within 30 seconds it's absorbed into your body. But that's like real advanced. Start with the other stuff. Cleaning products. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, but start, you know, with what you're ingesting and then if you're ready to graduate, you can. Otherwise it can seem like everything all at once. All the things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. And last question. Yes. What are your top three? This is our our third top Top three three list. Okay. Top three. Top three comfort activities when you have symptoms acting up. Sleeping. <laughs> that was so hard for you. I love sleeping. I love bed. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Sleeping. Like, yes. in a, like, I, I really like it when my bed is made and then I get mm. into like, Yeah, fresh bed and it's just like soft and even like if I just need like that nap if I need that disco nap so I can like keep going, Mm. you know, I will take that I will like make sure that like everything is bright around me and put on my eye mask and that way I can like do my like 20 minutes, 20 minutes or, or 45 minutes or whatever I set for myself. And then when I wake up, I take off the eye mask and everything is still like, it's like, okay, I'm awake now as yeah. opposed to like, Oh, it's, a oh, it's still dark. dark. Now I'll sleep for like 12 hours. Yeah. yeah. Um, Although if you need to sleep for 12 hours, then do that. Sleep for 12 hours. Yeah, but, but sleeping is, yeah. and really like if you, if you want to, um, sort of nurture your circadian rhythm, you can look into like, blue light glasses at night like maybe put them on when you're making dinner so that when you Mm. watch like that program before you go to bed your body will still allow itself to start to feel tired instead of be woken up by the tv or the computer whatever Mm -hmm. it is that you're doing and if you get tired like maybe try not watching the next episode on netflix thank you very much for suggesting it for me (laughs) (laughs) or playing it automatically i fell asleep watching an episode of a show right it's so enticing i want to do it too and i've learned that if i this does not happen on the road you guys but if i can go to bed around 10 like i will wake up around 8.30, naturally. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's, that's am- also coming off the road. So That's amazing. Coming off the road, I'm, that's more. If I'm at home for a longer period of time, it's more like 7.30, naturally. And I'm like, oh, oh I'm Snow White and all the birds are singing. Yeah, but if I'm on the road, I technically or traditionally will need more because my bedtime at night is changing a bunch. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes if you can't stay on a schedule, then you'll need more sleep. But just... Give it, give your body sleep when it needs it. That's like oh, so delicious. Yeah. What's number your two? number two? Sleep is great. Um, I think. God. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say like face masks. That like counts. Like skin care. Like yeah. just like that. Like to, like like a decent sheet mask or something that Do just. Do you have a favorite like, one? I. Um, they're actually my favorite combo mm. is I will use that Indian healing. Yeah, that's clay. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. So that it's, you're supposed to mix it with apple cider vinegar and a little water and a little water. Mm. I once burned my face off with uh, a homemade facial. Thanks to the wonderful friend sitting next to me. But don't so, tell what it was because it's actually an okay method. Yeah. I'm not going to say anything about it. I just have <laughs> cool. I gave her something anyway, bad. So I'm afraid uh-huh. to put acidic things on my face. Sure. So I just do, I don't put the apple cider vinegar in it. I just put water, but it like sucks my pores clean. Yeah. But it also there it like dries everything out to the max. So then I put on the snail um 
like oh, what you're are on the snail train? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's like the snails <laughs> sheet mask, like snail and bee or something like that. So oh it's got. Yeah. I don't know. Oh my god, that's our new company. It is, <laughs> and it's so hydrating. It's so hydrating that oftentimes I feel like if I just put it on like cleansed skin, it's like almost too much for my skin. Oh. But because I'm like. Sucking everything out. It's like my my one-two punch. I love it. If we're talking about skincare, because I was going to say bone broth, but I'll save that for number three. Well, you just said it. So (laughs) bone broth's your number two. Okay, Okay, to tag on to Becca's skincare stuff, I'm obsessed with the company Fatco because their oil cleansing system and their face cream is like, it is actually paleo, but I literally feel like I'm feeding my face. Mm. Um, and I have seen really dramatic results after changing my diet and lifestyle with using those kinds of products rather than what I used to do. Um, mm. Which I think for a long time I was using like Dr. Bronner's just to like strip makeup off my face. But um, cast. Steel oils, Castile, right? That's how you say it. Castile soap, yeah. Yeah. Those, because I also used to use like Trader Joe's Desert Essence Tea Tree Soap or whatever, and it's a similar kind of product. It's actually super drying and stripping for your skin. Whereas because your skin has oil, cleansing with oil um, is super feeding. It feeds your skin a lot, and it also Mm -hmm. removes the dirty oil and replaces it with clean oil. And then you just wipe it all off. And then you just like slather on their moisturizer, which includes beef tallow, so it's not vegan. And it is totally amazing. Mm. So I like and to bring that to Wee Spa, the Korean spa. Oh, Wee like, Spa, that's on the list too. Put it that, on my face in the steam room. Yeah, that's lovely. I actually like Dr. Bronner's for dishwashing. Yeah, I have their their cleanser. So like I use yeah. their soap in the shower, and then I also have their cleanser as just soap and like you know house soap. That's great. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. It smells good, and it really is the only dish mm. soap that's like quote-unquote, okay. like, healthy for you that really washes your fucking dishes. <laughs> so this is just, these are, like, healthful... What are your, like, comfort comforting comforts? Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm it's, like, skin care, self-care, sleeping. Yeah. Sleeping, and I did skin care. What else? Um... I was thinking that, that, yeah, like... Yeah. Like... <sighs> Sweating. <laughs> I just, like, whatever that means mm-hmm. uh, with... Ener- like my current energy levels like mm-hmm. with the mold thing because of my detox pathways being blocked my doctor actually like prescribed non-exertional sweating Infrared for saunas. me or just like going to yeah the sauna 24 hour fitness is fine but just like no sweat. movement sweating yeah cause oh, like I uh, just like really don't sweat very often and she was mm-hmm. like that is an issue and now the last couple of days I've been sweating a lot and I was like oh this is weird but I feel like yeah. it's also hmm. good like I think that like things are moving so yeah. um yeah yeah. yeah and so like and there was a I mean I want to go back to yoga there was like a long time where I was doing a lot of yoga and I was like taking a little bit of a break and so I feel like that's a nice thing to do for my body but it's just like whatever your body's asking for but I yeah. think yeah. that moving and I mean this similar thing I like go to acupuncture like doing acupuncture cupping moxa for my what gut is moxa? oh my god it's like this Chinese herb that they like burn so over your gut but every time she does it, I get my period. Oh my god! It does not matter if I had my period the week before, and I had—I just got my IUD out recently. I had had an IUD for the last five years, okay. um, and so I had a, like no period or like very irregular, yeah, very light. If I got them. an all, 
every time I got moxa, I would get my period the next day. She like actually asked me if I wanted to get it before I was going camping, like I was leaving to go camping that day, and I went to get acupuncture in the morning. She's like, "You want to do moxa?" And I was like, "Ah, I'm going camp. No, not this time." I was like, "Because I don't want to be bleeding in the woods." Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. So I just feel like anything that gets the circulation moving in your body and, like, gets mm-hmm. those juices flowing. Anything that put, yeah. Well, yeah, I was going to sort of say anything that sort of puts you in your rest and digest, like, parasympathetic. So whether that's acupuncture or yoga or, mm-hmm. like, detox sweating or going to a spa or sleeping or drinking bone broth because I love... Or sheet masks at the same or time. Yeah, or all like the things. Anything that helps you, like, re- is restorative. Yeah. Anything that isn't, like, Vegas for your insides. Yes! Because you're already... It's a fun weekend, but you can only on. do, like, one Think night like at this point. Caribbean yeah. Beach yes. or Palm Springs or whatever it is. You know, <laughs> a, a snowy evening by the fire. Like, whatever gets you going. Fantastic. <laughs> whatever gets you going. But, yeah. like, that would be number three. Just, like, anything that makes you want to be, like, mm, luxurious. Is this also, like, our people pleasing nature? And it's like, we can't give one answer. We must give all of the answers that might possibly apply to all of the people. Well, yeah, because it's, it's also like, helpful. choose your adventure. Yeah. Yes, choose your own adventure. Well, guys, that wraps it up for us. Thank you so much. This has been such an amazing talk. Um, And I really hope that the listeners um, for this episode are going to get a lot of helpful information. And um, if they want to find you guys, what is the best way to find you? Um, You can find me at feelsgoodblog.com. And on Instagram, I'm bbjesus. That's B-E-E-B-E. Jesus. Yes. <laughs> um, I am Becca Murray photo.com and at Becca Murray photo. That's on amazing. Instagram. So succinct. Yeah, it's very and, easy. Yeah. And you can also probably see Liz perform mm-hmm. um, if you follow the Dust Bowl revival. So check yeah. them out. Awesome guys. Thank you so much. Thank You're you. Thanks for having yes. Yeah. it folks thanks for listening as always please check us out online at uninvisiblepod.com all over the social media world at uninvisiblepod we love your feedback and suggestions so please drop us a line via the website if you have questions ideas for topics to cover in future episodes or just want to say hello we're all about relationships and collaboration here so credit where credit is due music for this episode is by sean hart who can be found at seanhart.com Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts.